operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. Welcome back to the Comic Book Revolution podcast. As always, I am Rock, and by my side, the Luke Skywalker to my Darth Vader, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> without the without the parental connection, <laughs> I just think more of the good versus evil. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> so we're the New Hope, Luke Skywalker, and yeah, Darth Vader. Yes, there you go. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right, Stephen, let's get a little housekeeping out of the way first, shall we? Yeah. Uh, as always, you can check out the Comic Book Revolution at our homepage, comicbookrevolution.com, for all the news, reviews, and whatnot. I know Kevin just posted a review for Hal Jordan and Green Lanterns with the return of the Dark Stars. Yep. A pretty cool moment right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, love, <laughs> love. Can't, you can't really beat Vendetti and Vance Giver as far as a creative team, can you? No, definitely uh, just, not. Those guys are awesome. Yes. They're just, wow. Uh if you want to check us out on social media, we are at uh, Twitter, at Comic <laughs> Revolution. I'm on Twitter, at Rock Revolution. Stephen? I'm on Twitter, at President Glover. There you go. You can also check us out on Facebook. Comic Revolution has a page on Facebook, so you can get all the news from various forms of media as you desire. You can check us out. The podcast itself is on Apple iTunes, and it's also over on the webpage as well. Steven. Yes. We have a host of comics to review today, but we also have we also have the March sales numbers to go through. What? Yes. Yes. Before we hit them, Steven, um, did you enjoy my WrestleMania tweets from last week? I was at work, so I missed them. <laughs> it was great. I, mm-hmm. I was all ready to see the coronation of Captain Marvel Carol Danvers. AKA Roman Reigns. And we got swerved. <laughs> Didn't happen. But boy, it was it was Vince was putting over Roman Reigns as hard. He kicked out of not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. He it took six F5s from Brock Lesnar to take him down. F5 is the finisher that has been heavily protected, meaning if he applies it one time, matches over. And I'm talking to like every wrestler, right? Right. From John Cena on down to whomever else. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that was been done. They, they did that to build it up, so when he Roman Reigns kicked out of five of them, you were like, oh my god, he's the best. Kind of like how Marvel likes to build up Carol and all mm-hmm. these big events, so you go, oh my god, she's the best, except it doesn't work. Because when you try too hard, and the fans aren't into the character, they just push back. Right. You know what I mean? Fans mm-hmm. realize when you're not into a character, and you're shoving them down their throat, they just, they just push back. Yeah. But, you know, Vince is senile. Kind of. <laughs> and so uh, now they're going to put the title on them in, when they have this big event in three weeks over in Saudi Arabia, Stephen. There you go. So that's my wrestling That's my wrestling commentary for the podcast. I just had to vent a little bit. I, I'm not looking forward to that. No? Not, not Stephen. I, I, will, I will pray for you. <laughs> Thank you. All right, my friend. Um, in this podcast, we uh, after we hit the sales numbers for 
uh, March of 2018. Mm-hmm. I figure we will review from Marvel X-Men Red number three. Avengers 688. Steven, it's still going on, the story arc. It's 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 happening. And because you know I can't resist a title with a number one on mm-hmm. the cover, we're going to review Domino number one yet. And she's got to have a title, Steven, because she's going to be in the new no, Deadpool movie. Deadpool. And now that, you know, the mothership is going to be owning Fox, right. uh, which, by the way, the Fox... Uh, uh, they had a big uh, Fox executive meeting, I want to say sometime this week, was it Thursday? Wednesday or Thursday, I can't remember, mm-hmm. where they, despite Disney saying it may take longer, the Fox exec was saying that it should wrap up in the summer of 2019, hmm. the acquisition. Anyhow, it's interesting, though, Stephen, now that the mothership is acquiring Fox, <laughs> all of a sudden, in humans, goodbye, yep. X-Men, hello, mm-hmm. Domino, you get a title, <laughs> uh, you know, Fantastic Four, you're coming back. Yep. It's just, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. It's almost like it was completely expected. <laughs> it's almost like uh, that Marvel Studios is uh, the uh, tail that wags the dog with right. Marvel Comics, is it not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So... Over from DC, we are going to review the uh, conclusion of the Perfect Storm story arc mm-hmm. in Flash 44. We're also going to take another one of the DC uh, New Age of Heroes titles, The Immortal Men. Right. And will this be the first uh, New Age of Heroes title that I don't just go crazy for? We'll find out. Uh, <laughs> and then we have uh, Wonder Woman 44. Mm-hmm. Got to follow up because the last issue was so great. Steven's turning me into a fan of this title, <gasps> which is shocking. Oh, no. Uh, you know, I like Wonder Woman as far as, as, far as an ideal <laughs> goes, but I've never really been a, a big fan, reader of the title. But uh, you're turning me on to this title. I'm, I'm digging it. And God, James Robinson of all writers, I just I shake my head. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? But that's then what again, I'm here Steven, for. I was reading Red, Ho- Red Hood and Outlaws, still having fun with this title. Number yeah. 21 came out this week as well. And that's Scott LaBelle. I'm like, I'm reading, I read Wonder <laughs> Woman 44, then I read Red Hood and the Outlaws 21, and I'm like, what is going on? I'm enjoying a title by James Robinson followed by a title by Scott LaBelle. What is the, is it, is it raining frogs outside, Stephen? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? The one from Scott, the one Scott LaBelle is very difficult because James Robinson always has Starman. Oh, well, yeah, correct, yes. But he does have that feather in his cap. Scott LaBelle has... Right. Nothing. <laughs> it, 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 exactly. Pretty much nothing. He has this. He, he does. It, he does. All right. But before we get into this, let's tackle the sales numbers from March 2018. All right. Uh, so, Stephen, again. Let's wrangle them. And we, we've discussed how the comic industry has its problems. It may, a little bit. Yeah. They, they, have, they have a sales problem. Mm-hmm. When you look at the top 300 comics in terms of unit sales, mm-hmm. okay, uh, uh, when you compare it to the same month previous year, mm-hmm. it's down minus eight percent. Stephen, this is in a mm-hmm. month where the final issue of Dark Knight's Metal came out. Mm-hmm. This is a, a a month when Doomsday Clock number four came out. Mm-hmm. Weapon H number one came out. I mean, uh, the end of the Jane Foster story arc came out. Right. In uh, Mighty Thor seven hundred five, mm-hmm. the it's uh, the same month that Infinity Countdown number one yep. came out. This was a massive, a massive month, Stephen. I mean, that's that's huge. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Oh yeah, You've got three big event titles, a massive ending in Mighty Thor that has been hyped up 
and then the debut issue of Weapon H, which, Weapon H, which has also been hyped up. That Steven, they're yes. down minus eight percent same month prior year. Mm-hmm. That is horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're down minus sixteen percent versus the same month five years ago. <laughs> Steven, mm-hmm. I, it just and and I th- I got to blame a lot of that because over the past five years. It's been DC coming out of New 52 and mm-hmm. Marvel plunging into the whole all-new, all-different yep. mess. It's not worked. That is no. horrible. Uh, unit sales is um, unchanged 10 years, uh, same month 10 years earlier. Yeah. It's plus 9% same month 15 years earlier when you had the big collapse of the comic industry 15 years ago. Right. And it's minus 15% same month 20 years earlier. I mean, we're really what is the most concerning. I mean, historical numbers... You know, when you start getting 20 years out, you're talking such sure. a big difference sure. in terms of other forms of entertainment and media and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's hard to compare Yeah, 20 years ago to right, now. Right. But it's not hard to compare, Stephen, a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> or even five years. Yeah. Okay, we had streaming technology. We had apps. We had everything five mm-hmm. years ago. But So that's 16%, down 16% from five years earlier and down 8% a year ago. Stephen, that's just alarming. And that's your unit sales. And we're publishing, they're publishing as many titles as possible. Oh, yeah. Uh, dollar sales, Stephen, is, I don't find this to be as good of a indicator because the cost of title comics have rapid. It's, it's like comparing how much did Gone with the Wind make in the theater versus <laughs> uh, Pacific Rim 2 made in the theaters. Well, yeah, I, yeah cost of the movie ticket, obviously, mm-hmm. Pacific Rim 2 is going to look like it made more money when it clearly yeah. didn't. But, <laughs> yeah, adjusted okay. for inflation, nothing's ever going to beat Gone with the Wind. Right. So, but look at, the comic dollar sales mm-hmm. for the top 300, it's minus 11% the same month prior year, Stephen. Hmm. That's shocking. <laughs> it is minus 11% the same month five years ago. That's horrible. Now, when you start looking at 10 years, 15, and 20, of course, the cost of comics is so right. much cheaper that... that it's going to be increased. Mm-hmm. That's that's a flawed number to look at. Really, yeah. a year ago, five years ago, you're talking roughly the same amount being charged cover price for comics. Roughly. Mm-hmm. For sure, a year ago. Mm-hmm. It, you're down 11% <laughs> prior year and 11% five years ago. Steven, those are, that's just ugly. And this isn't a month. Like I said, you had three big event issues coming out and the dramatic conclusion of Mighty Thor and you still bled like crazy unit sales and dollar sales. Mm-hmm. I, I, what they've been doing with the New 52 and with the all-new, all-different, it, it doesn't work. Right. Whatever audience they're writing to, that audience doesn't exist. It might <laughs> exist in a few social media accounts and on a few websites, but mm-hmm. it's not a real audience. Yeah. It's not a real audience. It's an audience of a few people that manage to have a presence online. That's it. Because the numbers would be there. Yeah. <laughs> well, theoretically, there's also just the 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 knowledge that the market is just is just naturally shrinking, and because we never recovered from the comic books are are lame to read anyway. Right. So, right. Right. Yeah. We're uh, fighting we, an uphill battle on all fronts. Yep. When you look at the top ten, uh, first of all, just look at the top uh, the top five titles, Stephen. You got Dark Knight's Metal number one, mm-hmm. 
posting 187, 583 units. Big number. Mm-hmm. For this day and age, big number. Right. I mean, that's small compared to like Mark Miller's Civil War numbers. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, Doomsday Clock, number four. That po- came in the number two spot, posting 149,581 units. Psh. Big number. Mm-hmm. Amazing Spider-Man, number 797. Mm-hmm. Peter Parker, that's why he's the man. Mm-hmm. Posting 128,189 units, and that's just a regular comic. Right. Not a big event. Well, that's the power of Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four spot, Weapon H. Number one, Stephen, you and I are talking, why is this being published? You know why yeah. it's being published? Because of this. Weapon H number one, posting 98,651 units. That's a big number. Yeah. Now, we'll see how, we'll see how it, what it sustains, of course. Mm-hmm. Now, it could drop like a rock, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. But that's an impressive, you start at the number four spot. That's an impressive start. Sure, sure. And then, of course, rounding the top five. You can't have a top five without Batman. Yeah. Batman 42, 93,825 units. Uh, I, you know, I, you could put a Reese's monkey on <laughs> as the writer of Batman, <laughs> and it would still crack the top five. That's right. It's just one of those titles. I don't care who you put on it. <laughs> you could put Scott Lobdell on it. Don't say that. <laughs> let's not let's not push it here. Um, <laughs> the the dramatic conclusion of Jane Foster's story arc that Jason Aaron has been handling over the past several years mm-hmm. it did very well. Stephen came in the number six spot, sold nine three thousand eighty two oh, units. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool to see Aaron. A lot of interest in the ending to that story arc. Yeah, it's it that's that's that shows you that when you build a story mm-hmm. around compelling an actual compelling character and story. That is beyond simply, uh, hey, look, it's a female character. Right. When it's not just an agenda-driven storyline. Mm-hmm. Okay? When you don't just have an agenda-driven storyline, you create a real story, you get interest by readers. Yep. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Eh, I don't think about that. Uh, <laughs> and then the number seven spot was Infinity Countdown. Number one, selling 93,029 units. That's actually disappointing. It's yeah. the first issue of your big event. And, yeah, it's in the top ten. But when you debut uh, a new big event, Stephen, you'd like to you'd like to get the number one spot. Oh yeah, ideally, yeah. ideally, and especially you might not over one that's out, ending. You might not take out another big event like Dark Knight's Metal, who is concluding. Sure, but you'd at least want the number two spot. I mean, Doomsday Clock, Stephen, it's, it's it's the number four issue, and it wasn't even that good of an issue, and it still yeah. easily beat easily beat Infinity Countdown number one. Yeah, that's that's disappointing. Well, I mean, I suppose it's. You know, the difference between having years of buildup as opposed to, oh, hey, here's this thing right. that we just dropped on you. Like again, yep. you go, go, just having year after year after year of big events and mm-hmm. diminishing returns. That's right. uh, if you look at the top ten, Stephen, five of the top ten are DC Comics. Yes. Four are Marvel. Mm-hmm. One is Image. Is The Walking Dead. As The Walking Dead in 177. <laughs> you look at the top 25, Marvel takes the lead with 13. Oh. DC has 10. Image mm-hmm. has two. But if you minus out the Star Wars titles, oh. which I think is fair to do, because sure. you're, you're comparing 616 Universe superhero titles versus DC superhero titles. Star mm-hmm. Wars, that's it's nothing to do with that fight. You back out the Star Wars titles, there are three Star Wars titles in that. So you back it out, mm-hmm. DC and Marvel 10, are tied 10. at 10 mm-hmm. apiece in the top 25. You look at the top 50, What's the Marvel, other image one? Uh, image, uh, the other image title was Oblivion Song. Huh. By Kirkman and De Felici. That's actually a number one rated one. That, that came in the number nine spot. Interesting. It'd be Walking Dead. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, in the top 50, uh, Marvel had the lead again with 26 titles. DC mm-hmm. had 19. Image had four. Valiant had one. Huh. If you back out the Star Wars titles, there were four. 
Yeah. Then that gives Marvel 22 titles versus DC's, DC's 19. A little bit closer there. Yeah. Image 4, Valiant 1. Hmm. Valiant. There you go. Right. Valiant <laughs> cracking the top 50 with Shadow Man 2018. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The top uh, performers for DC Comics, Stephen. Uh, <laughs> the top performers, it's uh, the two big events, Dark Knight Metals, Doomsday Clock with one and two. Mm-hmm. Batman. Of course. Uh, took the number three, number four, and number five spot. Uh, yeah. Of course, that's mm-hmm. how it is for DC, always. The number six spot is Action Comics. The number uh, seven and eight uh, spot, um, Detective, nine, ten, Flash. Okay? Oh, okay. So, um, there you go. Pretty cool to see Flash still being a top ten performer yes. for DC Comics. I think that's really neat. Uh, I mean, you've got Flash. Who would have thought Flash outperforming Superman and Justice League? That's pretty amazing. <laughs> pretty amazing. Yep. I mean, this is a testament to how good uh, Williams has been on that title. Yeah, definitely. The number 11 spot, Justice League. Number 12 spot, Superman. Number 13, Justice League again. Number 14, Superman again. Number 15 title for DC, Mr. Miracle. Wow. Oh, Look there at you that. Go. Okay. I know, pretty wild, isn't it? Huh. Pretty wild beating out the number 16 title, Wonder Woman. Wow. Yeah, wouldn't hmm. have thought that. Would never have thought that, huh? The number 17 title, Wonder Woman again. Right. Number 18 is Terrifics. Mm-hmm. And the Terrifics, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're the 18th title for DC. They That clock's in at 43 overall, yeah. selling 34,525 units. And that's the second issue. I, I wish that the second issue was holding stronger than that, Stephen, because it's yeah. a great title. And I'm afraid that this title's going to be slumping down to the 20,000s really fast, which yeah. sucks. Because it's a good title. Mm-hmm. Um, the number 19 and 20 spots, both Batman. Yeah. Then you got the number 21 spot. You got Supergirl. And hmm. the 22 and 23 spots, you got Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. And then the 24 spot, you got the Titans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the number 25 spot for DC is Justice League of America. And the sales <laughs> numbers are pretty unimpressive by the time you get to their 25th best-selling title. Right. Uh, it's 29,367 units. It, it, the roster sucks for Justice League of America. Nobody cares about these characters. <laughs> it's just a crap roster. You got Batman, and the DC thinks that they can throw Batman with a uh, roster of garbage characters and people are going to buy the title. It's, it's okay. I mean, there you go. You can try that, but it's, it's, it's not working. Um, Marvel's top performer, Steven, number one, Spidey. Mm-hmm. Number two, Weapon H. Number three, right. Mighty Thor. Number right. four, Infinity Countdown. Number five, mm. Daredevil. Mm. Daredevil. Hmm. Ha! The fifth spot for Marvel. Number six, uh, Spidey again. Mm-hmm. Number seven, a Star Wars title. Number eight, a New Mutants title. Number nine, an Avengers title. So the Avengers title coming in at the ninth spot. That's hmm. a little low. A little <laughs> low for Marvel's top performers. You'd think that'd be up a little higher. Uh, the number 10 and 11 spot, two Star Wars titles. Number 12 spots where you finally seen the X-Men title, Stephen. X-Men Red, <laughs> selling 49,084 units. And then the 13th, 14th, 15th spots, Avengers titles. Mm-hmm. Because you've got to have a title every week. Of course. And the number 16 spot, you got Thanos. Number 17 spot, you got your next X Men title, X Men Gold. Number 23, selling 38,166 units. Hmm. Then at 18 spot, you got a Star Wars title. Number 19 spot, you got X Men Blue, number 23. Right. 36,166 units. 20 spot, you got Old Man Logan. 21 spot, you got Captain America. It's pretty low. Hmm. Number 22 spot, you got X Men Gold, number 24. Mm-hmm. And uh, it shed. You know, it shed a couple of uh, 3,000 readers down to 35,008 units. 
And then mm. number 23 spot, Old Man Logan again. 24 spot, Doctor Strange. Number 25 spot, X-Men Blue. Number 24, it shed about 5,000 uh, readers from X-Men number 23 in the 19th spot. Uh, number 24 sold 31,831 units. So it's interesting when you look at what sells well for DC and for Marvel. Um, Mr. Miracle, that was kind of an interesting uh, yeah. placement for that title. Mm-hmm. Daredevil for Marvel and Avengers, not, not and X Men, not not they, you know they need to get them up. They should be they should always be in the top ten. Yeah, I think for Marvel, well, <laughs> it should be. But should you, you got to publish the top people want to read. Yeah, um, the top female titles for the March for March of twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. Stephen, number one, Mighty Thor seven hundred five mm-hmm. came in the number six spot overall, ninety three thousand eighty two units. That that just Aaron right. gets all the credit for. Creating a an ending to a years a several years long story that people wanted to read. Mm-hmm. The number two spot is Wonder Woman number forty two. Mm-hmm. That's 39th overall, selling thirty five thousand three hundred fifty eight units. So it, yeah, you get the number two spot and you're already starting to get some unimpressive sales numbers. Yeah, number three spot is Supergirl, mm-hmm. and that was fifty fifth overall, selling thirty thousand six hundred sixty nine units. So you know, again, it, you can see how quickly we drop in unit sales. Yeah. The number four spot, Harley Quinn. Uh, she uh, she got the number four and fifth spot. Mm-hmm. Okay, and she was ranked fifty six and fifty seven overall. She sold the thirty thousand unit range again. Mm-hmm. Not wonderful. The number six spot is all new Wolverine number thirty two. That was seventy two overall, selling just twenty seven thousand five hundred eighty six units. Hmm. Number seven spots Batgirl and Birds of Prey. Number twenty, that was 80th overall, selling just twenty five thousand two hundred forty seven units. Yeah. The eighth spot is Harley and Ivy meets Betty and Veronica. Number six, <laughs> that's at the one hundred four spot, selling just twenty thousand seven hundred thirty units. The number nine spot is Mira. Number two, that's one hundred eighth overall. That's uh, nineteen thousand seven hundred sixty one units. Aww. And then the tenth spot, Spider Gwen. Number thirty. That's 111th overall, selling just 18,824 units. And um, if you wanted to look at the number 11 spot, because Harley took, you know, she released two issues in one (laughs) month and took two spots, it would be Batgirl 21. 115th overall, selling just 18,217 units. So the sales numbers get kind of crappy. Uh, pretty much with the second second spot, Steve. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) With 142 at 35,000. I mean, that's not crappy. It's it really gets crappy. I mean, I guess in this day and age, we have to consider anything in the 30s is okay. Yeah. Uh, but by the <laughs> by the sixth spot, all new Wolverine 32, you're already in the 27,000 unit range. That's not that's that's not good. Right. It's uh, interesting to note that uh, Marvel has one, two, three, three titles mm-hmm. in the top 11, while DC has all the rest. Yes. DC once again, <laughs> even though none of these sales numbers blow you away, DC just does a better job with female titles. Yeah, still overall. Yep, uh, top minority titles. It's not so great. Number one is Spider Man. <laughs> number two thirty eight, Miles Morales. That was eighty third overall, selling just twenty four thousand nine hundred eleven units, and that's your number one title. That's not good. Mm-hmm. Next is Black Panther. Number two is Black Panther one seventy one. That's ninetieth overall, selling just twenty four thousand three hundred four units. Once again, proving success in the box office has zero, zero, yeah. zero impact on comic book sales. End of story. Mm-hmm. Number three, hey, sideways number two, Steven. Oh. Yeah, DC's oh. New Age of Heroes is 92nd right. overall, selling just 23,807 units. That's just, that stinks. But, you know, when you mm. compare it to other minority titles, it's number yeah. three. That's, that's true. And another DC uh, New Age of Hero title is in the four spot, Silencer number three. 
Oh. It was 116th overall, selling just 18,208 <laughs> units. But again, Steven, it's number four. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. Not on those metrics, yeah. Uh, number so. five was Rise of Black Panther, number three. 117 overall, selling just 18,055 units. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, it, it just gets uglier, Steven. And the number six spot is Miss Marvel, number 28, mm-hmm. 145, 145th overall. You know, the, the internet sensation. So says the internet, right? She's the hottest comic book sensation. Right. So say at the internet... Well, she sold 13,724 units. That's embarrassing. Yeah. And so everyone who says she's an internet sensation, it must be the same two people <laughs> posting about her all over the internet. Yeah. Or people, once again, just like to say things. Yeah. Because it, it makes them feel good, but mm-hmm. they don't actually put their money where their mouth is. They're waiting for the trades. Right. <laughs> well, that's everyone's excuse. Oh, I'm waiting for trades. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure you are. Number seven spot is Falcon number six. That was 179 overall, selling 9,710 units. Steven, hmm. we're in the number seven spot, and we're already below 10,000. <laughs> Black Lightning number nine, 196 overall, selling 8,113 units. And the number nine spot, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 29. That's 220th overall, selling 6,717 units. This is just horrible, Steven. These Dale's numbers are terrible. <laughs> They're just terrible. <laughs> terrible. Wow. My only hope is because I love Sideways so much is that is that they use the metric of comparing with other minority lead titles. Yeah. And it and, and, and it saves it from getting chopped at twenty three thousand units in just the second issue. That's awful. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. It is what it is. And when people complain, uh, you see online, Marvel announced canceling a whole bunch of titles, including America, mm-hmm. um, Gwenpool, all sorts. And, and, and immediately the internet starts crying that, oh, Marvel's targeting gay and lesbian characters and minority characters for cancellations. Look, no. Disney is the most, <laughs> the most. They were progressive before progressive was cool. With their employees, <laughs> okay. I mean, they've been taking care of their their employees. They gave health benefits to their gay employees way before gay marriage was ever a topic. Mm-hmm. I mean, Disney has always been on the forefront of that. <laughs> Disney is as is the one company who is all about trying to get every type of ethnicity and sexual persuasion possible. I mean, Disney's if if you want to attack a company for not Disney's not the one to attack. Disney has a proven track record of being as inclusive and as diverse as humanly possible. They just have. You look at their TV shows, you look at their movies, that's their thing. That is their thing. So to say that they're not, oh, they're only, no, no. At some point, you have to sell, you have to make money. Disney's not a charity. They're not a charity. <laughs> they could be, and they'd still run They'd still a make money. <laughs> but, you know, they're not a charity. No corporation is a charity. All corporations, they're publicly traded. They have to make a profit. They have to answer to shareholders. They must turn a profit. Yes. Okay? These titles are getting canceled because they sell like crap. <laughs> I, I don't know how else to say it, Stephen. Yeah. I mean, if they sold well, they wouldn't get canceled. I mean, yeah. I, I, that, it's just economics 101. It's how capitalism works. Yeah. And a company like Disney, they would love, love, love it mm-hmm. if they had a minority lead title that sold well. They would be so stoked. Look at how they're championing the Black Panther movie. Yeah. Disney would be so stoked. This is what Disney would hope and pray for. Okay? <laughs> so there's no agenda by Disney. It's, it's called economics. These titles, they don't sell. Yeah. The, um, I mean, we've talked about how Disney is um, 
very adamant on not <laughs> promoting Marvel Comics very well. So taking that into account, um, I don't know. I, I know, I think with Marvel, like Marvel doesn't have, Marvel Comics doesn't have the same leeway that Disney does because if they want to push something, like they take out all the stops to make sure they, they buttress themselves against any kind of failure. Mm-hmm. And that's usually how they end up succeeding. Like, oh, we're going to have a, a, a maybe gay character. Oh, let's change something from Beauty and the Beast, one of our most popular movies of all time. Yep. And they... Live action remake with all these attractive young people and CG and all that. So, you know, that it's a good way that they do it. Mar- Marvel Comics does not have that leeway. They and they don't have the smarts to do it either. Like, <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting. Uh, is while DC does much better with the female lead titles, mm-hmm. Marvel's way better than DC as far as the minority lead titles. Not oh, even close. Yeah. I mean, Marvel. Mm-hmm. You look at the top ten. The eight of them are Marvel. Yeah. Two or just two or DC sideways and silencer. So yeah. you know we're 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 going after Disney and Marvel, but DC's not doing much better. No, I mean, but again, they're, they're not selling DC. Uh, right. The, my point is, both publishers are trying. Mm-hmm. And what I the internet yeah. when they attack Marvel and DC, mm-hmm. I say, uh, look in the mirror. Yeah. Get, like, Marvel and DC money? aren't the problem. They're trying. Mm-hmm. You know what the problem is? The audience isn't there. Yeah. No one's buying them. Mm-hmm. So the people want to slam on Marvel and DC, they're not the problem. Yeah. They're trying their best. <laughs> the fact is, no one's buying them. Yeah. So you want to criticize? Criticize yourself. Yeah. Like, where are you at? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah. and once again, you look at the top minority titles and we see a glaring lack of um, Asian and Hispanic characters. Yeah. So if they want to push more uh, minority titles, they might want to try to do something other than just black characters. They really need to try to get some more Latin and Asian characters up in there and see maybe if you get some success with them. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe there are more Latino, Latino populations larger. That's the largest one in the country. Maybe mm-hmm. if you try to tap into them, you could uh, get some big sales numbers. I don't know. Yeah. So you, you, you got to try something. This. Are you saying that there should be a Flame Bird title? Yes! <laughs> Flame Bird! <laughs> I'll buy it. I'll I'm be ca- the only one to buy it, though. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm curious since we had the, uh, the oh, we're buying the trades. I wonder how what was in the trades that did well. Did Have they released those numbers? or? So, as always, leading the trade, Walking Dead. Of course. Number one spot. Yes. But you, no, Stephen, you look at the top ten, mm-hmm. Walking Dead. Number two, Green Lantern. Mm. Number three, Flash. Number four, Super Sons. Do you notice the theme here with those three titles? Oh. Number five, Realm. Number six, Black Science. Number seven, mm-hmm. oh. Invincible. Number eight, Batman and Harley Quinn. Number nine, P- Port of Earth. Number 10, Saga. Number 11, <laughs> Aliens. I mean, you see, you see what's going on here? Yeah. Um, number 12, Puerto Rico Strong. Number 13, All-Star Batman. Number 14, mm-hmm. Black Panther. Hmm. Number 15, oh, Rick way. and Morty. <laughs> um, number 16 Spider-Man 2 mm. the big crossover event right number 17 Infinity Gauntlet number 18 Superman number 19 Green Lanterns number 20 X-Men Blue number 21 X-Men Gold number 22 Mighty Thor number 23 Batgirl number 24 Avengers number 25 Avengers number 26 Moonstruck number 27 Justice League of America hmm. number 28 Saga number 29 All-Star Batman number, 20, number 30 Legend of Zelda so it's Legend of Zelda. Yeah, I know, right? What? Right, yeah. Uh-huh. Legend of Zelda, Twilight Princess, Volume 3. Huh. Yeah. I have to look into that. Mm-hmm. Huh. So, I mean, they're not, it, it's not even there in trade, Stephen. 
I mean, I'm, I'm trying to find any of these titles yeah. in trade format, and I can't. I don't know. They're so far down. Oh, there's Batgirl Stephanie Brown, Volume 2, sold 1,135 units. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm still looking. Maybe they just didn't release this Marvel this month. Yep. It's possible. It's very possible that it just, you know, I don't know what to tell you. No. So, it's not pretty, Stephen. No, it's not. It's not pretty. So, you know, once again, you look at the sales numbers and uh, uh, they, they got their work cut out for them. Yeah. They really do, don't they? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in general, when you look, if you just quickly, before you move on to this topic, just quickly look at everything post-20,000. Because I think if you're under 20,000, even in this day and age, you're just terrible. And the, the, <laughs> some comics that come to mind that are under 20 grand, mm-hmm. right, just barely... Just barely missing the cut, Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 20. <laughs> 20,214 units. <laughs> Just barely missing the cut. So we can move that. I'm not going to mention them because I like the title. <laughs> and so, okay, so under 20,000, Mira, Queen of Atlantis, number two, 19,000 oh, units. Spider Gwen, number 30, mm-hmm. 18,000. Uh, Rogan Gambit, number three, number three 18,514 units. Um, Champions 18, 17,840. <laughs> Nobody likes them. That's embarrassing. This one makes me sad. Deathstroke number 29, 17,677 units. That sucks. Priest is doing a great job on that title. Mm -hmm. Just a great job on that title. What are you going to do? I mean, Jessica Jones number 18, 17,553 units. I mean, no one likes the character. Wasn't that Bendis' last issue, too? I think so. Yeah. No, that was this month. It's my bad. Yeah. Maybe maybe that one will be over the the 20,000 mark. Uh, Batwoman number 13, 16,587 units. I mean, just... Mm-hmm. Okay, Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider, number fifteen, sixteen. Oh, I forgot we brought him minutes. back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not not selling well there. Well, so did the audience; they forgot to. Right, Raven, Daughter of Darkness, fourteen thousand seven hundred thirty-four units. Iron Fist, number seventy-eight, fourteen thousand four hundred eighty-six. Yeah, eh, you know, Dead Man, number five, thirteen thousand three hundred seventy-three units. She Hulk, one sixty-three, thirteen thousand three hundred two <laughs> units. Runaway, number seven, thirteen thousand one hundred eight units. Uh, I mean, I. I was always willing to give them a pass because they were always meant to be a niche title that wasn't going to sell right, much. Right. But it's I didn't know it was that bad. <laughs> that bad, though, right? <laughs> Legion number three, 11,819 units. <sighs> Hawkeye number 16. You know, Kate Bishop, she's Hawkeye. Yeah. Nobody needs Clint Barton, right? Mm-hmm. Well, she's selling 11,767 units. Yeah, that's nasty. <laughs> 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 Mystic U number three. 11,059 units. Yeah. Uh-huh. Black Bolt number 11, 11,192. They can't get rid of the Inhumans fast, fast enough. enough yeah. Can't do it fast. Uh, uh, new Superman, the Justice League of China. Number 21, Steven. Don't know why we're still publishing this title, but it sold 10,385 units. Yeah. <laughs> Iceman mm-hmm. number 11, which did get canceled, was selling 10,200 units. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's just, it's it's a, a wonderful, oh, let's see, anyone else in there? Anyone else? Come on. Oh, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, number 30, Steven. Why is this still getting published? Nine. 1,225 units. <laughs> just as a perspective, just a little perspective, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl number 30 sold less than Ice Cream Man number three. <laughs> <laughs> just, just sit on that for a while, okay? Just <laughs> marinate on that fact for a while. <laughs> Who? What? Who is that from? <laughs> Image. <laughs> you got Lockjaw number two at 8,448 units. Ant Man and Wasp Prelude number one, 7,740 units. It, it's not pretty when you get down to What the is the last, the last title on there? Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 29, 
by 6,700. That's the last one. That, well, that's that's the last by Marvel or DC. A new title by Marvel DC. Oh, Do you mean okay. overall yeah, amongst I'm, I'm all just, the publishers? I'm just curious. Yeah. All right, hold on. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. Let's I go. All, you the gotta, down. all the way down. All the way down. Then we got to take all a Lord of the Rings journey to go down there. All but. the way down. Oh my God. Uh, at the 501 spot is uh, Archie and Me Comics Digest number five. Sold 552 units. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Bringing up the rear at 500. Yay. Yay. Okay. Uh, so, Stephen, there we go. That's the state of affairs. Yeah. Marvel and DC have their work cut out for them, to be sure. Mm-hmm. And I, at this point, I just, I, I don't. All I can say is uh, you got to publish, you focus on characters that people actually like. Yeah. And, and if, focus and if, on making good stories. Yeah. And being true to your genre of being a superhero comic publisher. Yeah. Or if you're going to try to dip in and get the the image crowd, then make them good. Don't yep. be terrible. Don't be terrible. Wow. Sage advice by Stephen. I'm Don't just, be I'm just terrible. Saying, that's how they make money. They get <laughs> they make good stuff that people want to <laughs> buy. And, true. And that's how they do it. Very true, my friend. <laughs> All right. Let's, market, so. let's, uh, let's uh, dip our toes into the comics for this week, shall we? Mm-hmm. Who shall we start with? Shall we start with Avengers 688, part 14 of this never-ending story arc? I feel like, I feel like Stephen, we're following Moses, and we're just going through the desert. And, yeah. and I don't think we're ever going to like, like we're gonna get anywhere. Um, well, you say that, but there's no like awesome special effects going on. It's just, no one's parting the just a for bunch us. of wandering. <laughs> <laughs> it's the boring part. It's not the cool part. Yes. I understand. Uh, the writers, again, of course... It takes a village to deliver this massive story arc to us. Uh, Mark Wade, Al Ewing, and Jim Zub. The artists are Kim um, Yakinto and Stefano Caselli. Colors, David Curiel. It, so, Stephen, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just, I just had this thought in my head. It's like, yes, you know, just as dense as that other major title we all loved that had like eight writers, 52. You know, they're just so oh! similar, right? <laughs> oh God. Oh Lord. <laughs> oh man, fifty two. You know, it's funny. Fifty fifty two. So when fifty two came out, mm-hmm. God, Stephen, how is that? Like ten years ago now? Yeah, it was after Infinite Jeez, Crisis. It was. Yeah. And the comic revolution. We started comic revolution around two thousand six. Mm-hmm. So you know, fifty two came out pretty soon after that, right? And so I, I think I reviewed every issue of fifty two. And. What was great is there was, an, and this is back, this is 2006 when blogs were big, Blogspot was, you know, Blogger was big <laughs> yeah. back then, and there was a Blogger, a Blogspot blog, and God, what was it? It was something like Ralph Dibney's uh, Fireplace Chat or Ear in the Fireplace. Ah, I can't remember. <laughs> it was brilliant. I don't, I don't yeah. know the name of the Blogger. He didn't use his real name. It was, he just went by the name Ralph Dibney. Right. All right. Elongated man. And he wrote it as if he was Ralph Dibney. <laughs> it is the best, the best reviews of. Wow. If, I, I, if it is still online, you got you got to Google it. Ralph Dibney's fifty-two reviews, <laughs> fireplace chat, ear in the fireplace, whatever it's called. It's a Blogspot blog. I hope it's still around. I hope it was saved. I hope it didn't get taken down because a lot of Blogspot blogs are are gone. Right. Um. It was. Freaking brilliant, Stephen! <laughs> it, it starts off, and he it, 
the, the great thing about it, you know, Gene Loring kills his, you know, right. killed his wife, killed Val's <laughs> wife. So every time you mention Gene Loring, he goes, that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that murderous bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like other characters appear, like his psychologist, Ralph psychologist. Right. He doesn't see a psychologist. He he makes comments for some reviews. Like Ralph is in a, is too distraught to post a review. His psychologist <laughs> will post the review. Yeah. Um, I think Gene uh, Gene Loring as Eclipso appears in some of them. Oh I think Swamp Thing appears in some of them. It's hilarious. It's all from the viewpoint of the character. It's right. hilarious. It's, and then of course you know Ralph Dibney dies. Like how? Yeah. Way through, right? Mm-hmm. But he continues writing <laughs> the reviews as if he was Ralph Dibney, but he's just his ghost now. It's <laughs> so like, yeah, well, because I'm dead, that sucks. You know, whatever. It's just, it's hilarious. It was wow. absolutely. Oh, sorry, that's a total non sequitur, but it was brilliant. <laughs> it just took me back. Anyhow, good times reviewing Fifty Two, man. Good, good, good times. Yeah, there was a lot of good and bad to that title. Oh yeah, a lot of good and bad. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, okay, Stephen Six. <laughs> Avengers 688, not nearly as entertaining as 52. Yeah. For better or for worse. I'm going to I'm gonna let you. <laughs> I'm going to go get a snack and right? I'll let him re- recap. Oh, wow. So in this issue, basically, it's just Quicksilver racing all around the world trying to catch that little, that little beacon of light, right? And we see Grandmaster, uh, he's now called Grandmaster Prime. The challenger is now calling himself Grandmaster Prime because I guess he, because he killed the other Grandmaster. And he's ending the Earth. And so the Hulk goes to attack him and is just giving him his best. And Grandmaster Prime's like, whatever. One punches Hulk, and Hulk goes flying through the universe. This, my friend, is in pro wrestling is how you build up a heel. You have the babyface who is put over as an unstoppable monster, right? Which is what we've done for the past several issues. No one's stronger than the Hulk. We've established nobody is stronger than the Hulk. And then you have... The challenger, Grandmaster Prime, dispatched the Hulk with one punch. That's how you put over the heel as being crazy strong. <laughs> and uh, so our hero's like, okay, well, we got no Hulk. What are we going to do next? And to, to, to uh, deactivate this device that's killing the Earth, this Grandmaster Prime's device that's going to destroy the Earth, they need two Hulk-level characters to push the, the wheel of this machine. Hercules is one of them. And Sunspot says he can take off his little power dampener and he can hit Hulk-level powers. But, of course, he runs the risk of dying when he does that. Anywho, um, we see, we, we cut back, flashback to um, how Quicksilver is able to catch this beacon. He teams up with, he, he has, uh, 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 what's her name? I always draw a blank on her name. Synapse. Synapse. Give him a kiss. Ooh, love is in the air, Stephen. And her powers let Quicksilver run past his speed um, levels uh, so he can ignore the pain, right? And Scarlet Witch uses her hex powers to give him a little help as well, a little boost. And I I love, I just, I love, I I really, maybe I'm the only one, but, you know, incestuous uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, yeah. I like it when writers touch on it because it just you know when he before he takes off she goes Scarlet Witch goes Pietro dot 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 I love you and he responds I love you too my sister and you know I have a sister Stephen okay mm-hmm. and I've told my sister I love her I mean it's your sister sure you're supposed to say that to your sister yeah. I mean if you don't have a crappy sister <laughs> you know <laughs> but I got yeah. a great sister right you supposed to but when they say it Stephen 
It just has a little extra skeeve factor to it. <laughs> Doesn't it? I mean, did you not read that pound scale? There's a there's another layer to that. Love you. <laughs> Uh, no, I tried to bury that from you the You tried universe. to bury that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anyhow, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going there again. You're not going there again, <laughs> are you? So Quicksilver races off, and he... Um, meanwhile, the new Grandmaster Prime is just kicking ass on all the Avengers. Thor, Rogue, Wonder Man, he doesn't care. He's laying down the smack down their candy asses left and right, Steven. <laughs> and we see Quicksilver finally, boop, grab the little beacon, and then... He disappears. He's gone. He grabs the beacon and he's gone. Uh, but the good thing is, because he grabbed the beacon, the stasis has been broken. And so all the heroes who have been frozen, like the unbeatable squirrel girl, oh, the tide has turned, Stephen. Unbeatable squirrel girl is no longer frozen. <laughs> Grandmaster Prime's going down. Um, <laughs> all our heroes are now fr- are, are unfrozen and are ready to jump into the battle. And at this point, Voyager, a no-name character that nobody cares about, who has not been developed, there's no connection to the reader, she goes, the stasis has been broken. I think I'm the hero we need right now. What? 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 Huh, what? what? You, you're oh. not the hero uh, uh, we want, but you're the hero we're getting, evidently. <laughs> Trust me and pray this works. I'm going to reach out with my power to everyone close by who... She's having some incestual cramps, Stephen. She ate Mexican <laughs> last night, and it's coming back to haunt her. She's an alien. She's not used to our food. That's and, right. Um, the spiciness is yes. too much. <laughs> and she goes, "Who call? Who? Who? Everyone who calls themselves an Avenger, and then, and then, and we see all the unfrozen characters. She's reaching out to all the unfrozen characters, right? And she goes, and then we assemble, and it's her leading the charge." Yeah, because all we needed was more characters. Ah, and, and it's a great collection of characters, too. Um, we have Rogue, mm-hmm. Janet Van Dyne, whoop, whoop. <laughs> uh, the lame uh, uh, Nadia Pym, <laughs> uh, Beast, yay, Captain America, yay, Scarlet Witch, okay, Falcon, whatever, Cannibal, okay, New Mutants. Um <laughs> Brother Voodoo, didn't know he's still alive. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, fights over. The Squirrel Girl's involved. Uh, Snaps, didn't know she was an Avenger either. Wonder Man, yay. And Hawkeye in his old school Hawkeye costume? Where did this come from, Steven? I didn't even know he was wearing this costume anymore. I don't know. This is awesome. I popped for that more than anything else in this on this uh, final uh, splash shot of this issue was his old school costume. That's the only thing that made me pop, really. Oh, don't forget the Beast. I said the Beast. You said the beast? Yeah, I would never forget. I just got I lost. I would never. In... Oh, my stars and garters, Stephen. I would never forget the beast. <laughs> I just got lost. Whenever I hear Nadia Pym, I just. You, think just, of... you go into a fugue state, don't you? Well, and you nah, start drooling at the end of your mouth. <laughs> no, nah, I just, I just, I just think of oh, Moose and Squirrel. Yes, I like to imagine Moose her as Natasha squirrel. from Rocky and Bullwinkle. I love it. Um, Boris Moose and Squirrel must die. Um, <laughs> Stephen, Avenger sixty-eight. What do you think? <sighs> Oh, it actually caused you pain. <laughs> well, you know, I. It's just as I look back on these on your life, you 10, wonder how you got here. Twelve, fifteen, however many issues, I'm finally starting to see the nuances and intricacies of this um, very dense plot that they've got going on here. 
And why, why are you laughing? <laughs> this is serious. I put on my NPR voice for this very review. <clears throat> I apologize, Stephen. Please continue. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, no, this is uh, it's, this is crap. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't know why you make me read this. <laughs> this, <laughs> you know, you're wondering what you did to piss me off. <laughs> you know what? You told me that we were going to review Venomized. And I told you, no, I put I I I laid down my I said it was my white privilege yes, card, Stephen. and I said we are not going to review Venomized. I said okay, and I made you change it. I did. I regret that decision. <laughs> I should have done it for this because Venomized, as stupid as it is, is not this boring. I'm yeah. like even even with all the action with the action and all this, yeah, crap, it's a lot of action, Stephen. But nothing's going on. Yeah, it's you know what I mean. Isn't that weird? It's it's ugh. yes, it's tons of action. Yeah, but literally nothing's happening. Yeah, <laughs> it's the definition of mindless action. Yeah, and like I can I can watch that in a movie or whatever, and that'll be okay. But in a comic book, it's like you need to give me something Not else. Not in a comic that's gonna cost me four bucks. Yes. It's like I like watching that show into the Badlands at AMC, the yes. post-apocalyptic kung fu future. Yes, I don't know what's going on, but it looks <laughs> awesome, so I watch Agreed. it. Agreed. Yes, I I know what's happening here. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. I don't. I mean, I guess I like this the Quicksilver bits. I guess they're doing a a little bit of a spotlight on a character each issue. I mean, well, you, they've you got saw. enough issues they can do like <laughs> all of them. You could you spotlight know? every character in the Marvel universe, Stephen. Pretty much. <laughs> Well, you did see at the end when it says "come back next week for more Avengers: No Surrender" in Avengers six eighty nine. You're like, oh god! And then <laughs> Avengers six ninety. But they also show you Quicksilver: No Surrender number one. So yeah. he's getting his own miniseries. Hey. I don't. I don't think it's an ongoing title. I'm pretty sure it's a miniseries. Yeah, I suppose so. So we get to find out where he disappeared to. I guess. I, I just love looking at "come back for Avengers: No Surrender." They might as well just write "or else." Or. Else, or else the, or else your family gets it, or something like that. I don't know. It would certainly help increase the sales numbers. I uh, think. Yes, but yeah, Stephen, I, ugh. I'm with you. This is a, it's a, it's been a dumb story. And once again, Stephen, what actually happens? <laughs> you this? said story. I know, right? There is no story. There is no, there is no depth or substance to this issue whatsoever. There is no, no story here. Once again, what do we get? We get one, two. Three, four, five. The first five pages is just Quicksilver running around, chasing the beacon, and Challenger Prime appearing. That's right. it. Mm-hmm. Then you get one, two, three, four pages of Hulk getting battling Challenger uh, Grandmaster Prime. Right. And that's it. But nope, nope, no story. Right. And then you get one, two, three, four, five pages of the Avengers deciding that they need to stop this machine, and Quicksilver right. has to chase the beacon. Mm hmm. Again, we've we've not advanced anything. Yeah, you you have a reminder that Sunspot is indeed in this title. Yeah, and I'm on that. the 18th page of the issue now, and then Quicksilver one, two, three, four, four pages of him chasing the beacon. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, while the Avengers battle Grandmaster Prime, mm-hmm. and then you get the final two pages of uh, everyone's finally unfrozen, and uh, Voyager leads them into battle. So really, Stephen, um, you only get. The final two pages is the only plot progression in this issue. Am I wrong? No. Yeah. Um, it's just the final two pages. It also just delivers the 
the funniest little bit that I've read in a while where no nothing character of just says, I'm the hero we need right now. I'm like, yes! really? <laughs> and that's what I don't get. And it's just, it's more bad writing. It's like, yeah. you, you've, you've not developed this character. No. Nobody cares about this character. No. She's as one dimensional as they come. Yeah. And yet I'm supposed to somehow now go, she's the, I'm supposed to buy into the fact that she's the character that we need to have lead the Avengers into battle. Yeah. Uh-huh. That makes no sense. Steven's like, I can't handle I'm this. Just, I'm just yawning. Yeah, yeah I can't. It, it, just, it just, it makes no sense. Like, who are you? Right. <laughs> like, if, if you wanted to do that, you really had to build the character up better than they did. I mean, really build up character better. Yeah. I mean, she's a uncompelling one-dimensional character. Yeah. So and it, it just comes across goofy and silly, that ending. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say this. I read... Um, <laughs> something funny. I hope this is just something that happens at the end. I remember back when uh, Kurt Busiek's Avengers first started, and they had all those characters. It's like every Avenger possible, because they were all fighting a big threat. And then at the end of that little arc, it was just like, well, what are we going to do with all these Avengers? Yep. I hope they have a moment like that and just <sighs> aggressively cut everybody else out that's not important. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, look, when uh, Jonathan Hickman brought in cannonball and sunspot i thought it was cool you know it's more mutants it's right. different parts of the universe sure. um you know he's whatever and i liked what he did with sunspot where he bought aim and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and had all this other stuff going on made him more of a important character yes. i thought that was a co- interesting choice yep now i'm i forgot he was in this mm-hmm. i remember cannonball was in this because mm-hmm. he all he does is get his ass kicked pretty much and there's a movie Coming out eventually. <laughs> um, so I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what these people. I don't even know who half of these Avengers AIM characters are. I know. I'm like, I see Tony T O and I'm like Tony Ho. Tony, uh, that's her name. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Doctor Ho talked about you know sensitivity. <laughs> that's an unfortunate. That's it in America. That's an unfortunate last name to have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's when you that's when you get it changed to like Ralph or something like that. Um Johnson. Oh, <laughs> Ralph Johnson. <laughs> oh man. And I just I don't know. I'm Oh, Steven is terrible. There's no character oh, work. Yeah. The dialogue is terrible. There's no character work. No one's developed. There is there's no there's nothing there. The only thing that was even remotely interesting is watching uh uh Grandmaster uh Prime one punch the Hulk out of the universe, which I I knew that was going to happen. I was like, oh, I bet right. the Hulk's not going to be able to stop him. Oh, right. what do you get? What do you know? He didn't stop exactly. him. Surprise! We have like eight more issues to go. So yep. of course not. Of course not. He can't stop him now. So it's it's a lame title. Yeah. How would you uh, grade out <coughs> Avengers six eighty eight? Yeah. The art was okay. The art was fine. It wasn't as good as the it was. It's different artists. Different artist. Yeah. Yeah, and you could tell some of them looked some of them looked similar to what they had before, but some of them just looked kind of. The Hulk looked really uh, cartoonish. Yeah, he did. In in some of those panels, he looked super almost like it was like a Mad Magazine or Cracked Magazine style cartoonist. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. It didn't look right. No, he didn't. I mean, uh, and the other characters didn't look cartoony. It was just him. Yeah, that... it was weird. Yeah, and I don't know. For some reason, I look at Challenger and I think like a poor man's dark side. So. Yeah, I agree with that. He's he's generic big bad villain. Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, the writing. I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm, just gonna, I'm giving it a two. I'm so tired of this. <laughs> um, 
I can. I'm just waiting for Jason Aaron's Avengers to come out so I could possibly enjoy the title again. Agreed. And, um, you know what? That is a great marketing strategy. Just put out one long piece of garbage. So yes. when the Avenger, the new Avengers title comes out, we're you're excited. Say, wow, at least it's not that. Yes. Even if it has Ghost Rider. Yes. Okay. See, I, I see your strategy <laughs> now, Marvel. I would give you an extra point for that, but I'm not going to do that. And um, the art, I'll give it a, a six. It was fine. It's fine. Yeah, I'm going to go the... I'm, I'm right there with you, actually. The story, two Night Girls out of ten. Mm-hmm. Two anemic, drug-addicted, living on the side of... Uh, Voyager cosplayers. <laughs> yes! Terrible. Two out of ten. Two heroes we need right now. <laughs> right, right. And the art was fine enough. I mean, it's just average. I'd go five knuckles out of ten. If I, I was the artist before, I would get tired of drawing this too. Yeah, me so. too, man. I don't blame I don't blame the artist at all. Uh, all right, my friend. Next up, X-Men Red number three. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, <laughs> according to the little faces on the little heads on the cover, the roster is Jean Grey, uh, X-23, Nightcrawler, Gambit, Namor. Okay, that's Namor. And is that Honey Badger? That's Honey Badger. I'm thinking so. Okay, so that's that's the that's the roster. That's a weird roster, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm not Namor? too sure why why Namor is on. That's just weird. And and what's the point of having Honey Badger and X23 on the same team? That's like that's just weird. Yeah. Anyhow. Uh, we begin with uh, Cassandra Nova uh, breaking into the Xavier Institute, and no one can see her because of her funky mind powers. Right. Except for this small blue mutant boy who looks to be maybe, I don't know, what, 10, 9, 8, something like that. Yeah, he's area. very little. 8, 9, maybe mm-hmm. 8, eight nine years old. And he can see her, and um, she's like, oh, fascinating. Imagine what you could have become and then she snaps his neck and steven right here at the uh, we're only what one two three pages into the story and i'm already out of the story and Mm -hmm. look i know you're trying to build her up as a horrible heel and i i understand in real life bad things happen to everyone Mm -hmm. i understand that right killing eight-year-old kids i'm i'm done i'm out of the story i'm i'm sorry And, Mm -hmm. and i get it people say well Children die all the time in war. Right. Yeah, I, I get it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's this, you know, there's, you see in the news where families, you know, a parent goes crazy and murders their children. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. This isn't the real world. Yeah. This is a comic book that targets kids because that's mm-hmm. what super comics should be targeting mm-hmm. our kids. End of story. Okay. It's not designed for middle aged men. <laughs> if that's who reads it, I get it. But that's yeah. not it should be for. I, you kill eight year old kids and I, I'm, I'm just, I'm done, Steven. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just me. Maybe it's unfair for me to do that. What is your take on that? Um, Did that bother you? Or were you like, eh, whatever, comic book, move it on? Um, I, I was surprised that it happened. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I have that, I have that hang up whenever it's like an animal and something. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't, yeah, I find, uh, I find extreme violence toward yeah. animal and children to be something that really is just, uh, it's, it's e- things that even criminals don't like. Right. So it's so outside what is acceptable, even among the criminal element, that it's just, I don't, it's, I just, in a comic book, superhero comic book, I just, yeah. n- no. Yeah. 
Like, I mean, I I get if they wanted to like have some tension, like in peril. Like, I mean, that's that's tough for me to watch. But if something's gonna come of it, then sure, whatever. But this was just like, no. My biggest problem is when it's like random. Like, oh, right. we're just gonna kill a kid just because. Like, I don't, I don't like that. Yeah, they killed this kid just. So the reader who doesn't, so. know, who doesn't know who right. Cassandra Nova is, if no, you didn't read mean. Morrison's X-Men, you don't right. know who she is, mm-hmm. you now know she's a horrible person. Yeah. And I just, I, it just, I don't know, Steve, it just doesn't sit well with me. Yeah. Uh, unless it, unless somebody's going to go all John Wick and uh, <laughs> the entire rest of the story is right. going to be avenging that child. I'm right, not, right, I'm not, right. I'm not cool and that's about the only time it's acceptable. Yeah. That's the only time it's acceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like... I don't like it, but if it if it you got to be Clint Eastwood and Unforgiven, right? If, that's got to be the whole point. If it's going to be a revenge thing, or like it it's it means something. Like there was a movie that came out. Um, it's one of the little indie ones, but it's a, a a kid in terrible situation, like Trump Country, whatever, and he's got no hope or whatnot. But he has this horse, right? And he's taking the horse. He's going to try to find his mom or something. And three quarters of the way through, the horse gets hit by a car and dies. Duh. And I said, "I'm done." I'm like, I don't want to watch it. I get, right? I get it, but I don't want to watch that. You know? Right? I couldn't. I mean, yeah. You know, look, uh, the crow. Remember yeah. the crow mm-hmm. back in the day? Yeah, that movie. Uh, his his fiance mm-hmm. gets raped yep. and then killed, mm-hmm. and then he gets killed. He returns. That's kind and... of the foundation for the entire character, the motivation. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, so in those situations, there's certain situations where it, I get right. it. Mm-hmm. That's not the situation. No, this is just done because you. I'm you gonna, can, yeah. I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make you know that Cassandra Nova is a bad character. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's a cheap, you know, right. a cheap ploy to get your emotions going. Exactly. Oh, I, yeah. I should point out. Sorry, the writer is Tom Taylor. Yeah. The artist is Mahmoud Azrar, and the colors is um, Ives Savorkina. That was a little tricky. Sorry. Um, <laughs> anyhow, so after she murders it, we that child, we then hop over to India, where I'm like hopelessly confused as to who is who, other than the redheaded woman is uh, Jean Grey, obviously. Um, but everyone else, I'm kind of like, who, who, who's this? Yeah. Um, because you're not, you don't have them in costumes, and when you have three women with long black hair, mm-hmm. and the art is kind of sketchy. Yeah. Okay. The reason why a lot of times, you know, superheroes will have strange colored hairs, it's mm-hmm. easy to tell them apart if the artist kind of mails it in on the faces. Right. And the reason why superheroes have costumes yeah, is because be it's easy to, sell, to mm-hmm. tell them apart when you've got similar hair color and whatever, and the artist is kind of not really into doing detail work. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's why you got characters. But no one's in costume here. So I, I, I can pick out Jean Grey pretty easily with the red hair. <laughs> yeah. But then you got... And Nightcrawler is easy. And Nightcrawler is easy. But then you got the... uh, What's her name? Uh, uh, Trinary and... Oh, yeah. And Honey Badger and X-23. They all Mm -hmm. have long black hair. And 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 I finally figured out who was who. But for a minute there, I'm like... And the art is not really detailed. So for a minute there, I'm going, Who? Who? What? (laughs) Who? Huh? And no one's in costume. Yeah, no one's in costume. Anyhow... I mean, I didn't even know that was Honey Badger until she came back to life. And for, yeah. it's funny because we're in India. They're fighting a sentinel, and the sentinel roasts Honey Badger alive. She's mm-hmm. dead. Now, I don't realize who she is at this point, mm-hmm. okay, because I'm not up on my Honey Badger, and I just <laughs> this little girl running around, right? right. And I, at first, Stephen, I was like, oh, 
they just killed a second little kid. Yeah. I am, I'm like six issues into this comic and I, I'm done. I'm done. But then we realize it's, I realize, oh, it's Honey Badger because she comes back to life. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> at this point, Trinary takes over the Sentinel, makes him sit, and they're all like, wow, she can take over Sentinels. Is Trinary a new character? I guess. I don't know. I don't know who she is. Anyhow. Then, um, now they've defeated the Sentinel, mm-hmm. the, the crowd of people, all the protesters, the anti-mutant protesters, mm-hmm. have been subdued except for three, and those three all evidently are, there's some code, some biotech yeah. code that has been They're run on these They're implanted with some kind of Sentinel-ish mm-hmm. code. Yeah. And what we learn is essentially is we, they think that all these uh, protesters that are breaking out around the world are actually being programmed by some code. Mm-hmm. Program, so that these humans are being programmed to hate mutants. They don't actually hate mutants. Right. I kind of liked it back in the day, Stephen, where humans just hated mutants. And there was no code. It was just pure, old-fashioned hate. It was much, mm. much more of a basic story. Yeah, it was pretty easy. to. You know? We didn't have to do all this. Exactly. Anyhow, our, our heroines, plus Nightcrawler, all hop on the Sentinel and take off. Right. And then we cut to Louisiana. Now, you know, Gambit must be appearing because we're in Louisiana. And we see a crowd of mutant protesters um, protesting this young girl who has wings, like mm-hmm. dove wings right. on her arms. And her name is Kara. And she goes to confront the crowd. I'm glad to see, Stephen, that the crowd, that humans can be united, all uh, races and ethnicities can be united in their hatred for mutants. It's a nice, diverse crowd of protesters. Oh, yeah. Thumbs up. I'm glad humankind (laughs) finally found a way to come together. (laughs) That is awesome. We finally did it, Stephen. We've united humankind. It's awesome. We did it. Yeah. Living the dream. Living the dream. And then then Gambit shows up. and He's like, "Uh, honey, Cara, you need to get out of here. She refuses to go. He takes on the protesters. Unfortunately, when the protesters whips out a, a gun, he fires at Gambit. Gambit throws his playing card at him. The bullet gets off before Gambit takes down the guy. The guy misses Gambit, but unfortunately, bomb, bomb, bomb. You saw it coming, Steven. Who did the bullet hit? The poor girl with the little dove wings, and she's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Anyhow, then we cut back to our team of heroes riding the Sentinel. They're heading back to Wakanda, and Jean Grey's trying to reach out to, Ch- to T'Challa. <laughs> Movie tired. <laughs> yeah, hey. And she's going to try to use his political capital to help achieve her plan. Remember, she's got that whole plan we learned from when she addressed the mm-hmm. UN back in the first issue, right, right of, of mutant peace across the world. Right. Through, uh, through geopolitical, international geopolitical means. I guess. No, no, new idea. Yes, yes. And so (laughs) as they approach Wakanda, suddenly a massive storm appears, and they're like, that's not just a storm. It is storm. And we see storm rocking a costume, Stephen, that's very reminiscent of her old-school bikini thigh-high boot costume. So I approve. Looking good with the headdress, little tiara. I know, it offends people she's wearing a tiara. But... Looking fantastic. She says, protect Wakanda abominations. And a lightning bolt shatters through the middle of the Sentinel because now she's been clearly taken over by the code, I guess. I don't know. I thought the code only affected humans, not mutants. I don't know what's going on here, Steven. Steven's shrugging his shoulders like, I don't know either, dude. I got nothing for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the end of X-Men Reds. Number three, Steven, what do you think? Um, I'm... Reading this, actually reading the selection this week, I uh, 
I want to show you something. This I is can't. no. This is this is from a movie I watched recently. It's one of my yeah. favorite visual imagery that I've seen recently. It's a little boy sitting next to a giant whale skeleton. Yes. And in the movie, it's like a metaphor for Russia or whatever. You know, the right. corruption of modern Russia. Gotcha. And as I sat reading this comic, I thought I'd thought about that, and I was like, you know. The little boy crying is me, and the whale skeleton is Marvel Comics. Oh, no. A beautiful, magnificent beast that is dead now. Oh, no. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. We've been reading this title. Yeah. It's only the third issue. And you and I are still like, I don't know what's going on with this title. Yeah. I I don't. I mean, I... there has to be some good stuff coming out now. Like I, I remember I liked Spider, the Amazing Spider-Man last week, and um, I kind of enjoy X-Men Gold, like on a on a basic level, you right. know. But like, come on, guys, really? What is this title? We, we've been reading. What is this about? This is the third issue, Stephen. Yeah, and we've been reading this title. We reviewed the first issue. Yeah, yeah. We're only on issue number three, and. I don't really know yeah. what the point of this title is. We're three issues into this new yeah. title, Stephen. And can you tell me what the mission statement of this title is? No. Can you tell me what this title is all about? No. It just seems like a mess, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, just a poorly plotted, poorly scripted, not well planned out, not well thought out yeah. mess. It, it's just what... I think, I mean, I guess Jean Grey is supposed to be the center of it, but she only talks maybe three times, saying yeah. anything of any substance. Right. Um, She's a side character. Yeah, pretty much. She's, but, it's not a teen character, a side a, character. Yeah. But it's, doesn't it feel like everybody's a side character? Yeah, like, no, there's no central point. No, there's no central character or yeah. central voice or central anything. And it's, and it's yeah. not like they're all... Te- and, and you, I think you mentioned it when you said... They're not like team characters. Yeah. Like, for example, uh, Priests Justice League. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. are team characters. They're yeah. all well-developed. No one is hogging the spotlight. They all are bringing their own uh, fair share to the title. Right. These all feel like side characters. Yeah, they feel like side characters that have been dumped into a comic book. And it's like, oh, yeah, just do whatever. Right. They, we have they ha- we have them so we have to use them. It's like no, no you don't really have to. And we're but. lacking the core characters that drive the narrative. Yeah. I, mean, I well, guess Jean Grey is supposed to be that core character but she's not. And no. Namor, he's on the cover. He didn't even appear in this issue. Yeah. No. I I don't I don't know what's going on with that. Um he I think he was in the first issue. He I was. Think? But I didn't think he was on the team. I thought he was just some person they visited and that was it. I, yeah, I thought she was just reaching out to T'Challa and to Namor for political help right. with her UN endeavor. Right. But again, so evidently he's what? on the team. Yeah. But he's not in this issue, and he's not uh-huh. even referenced. I don't know. Yeah, and um, I guess the thing, I guess, because after Sandra Nova killed the kid in the beginning, which, don't need to talk about that. Um, <laughs> she goes in and says, protect Wakanda, and she pours something on somebody or in somebody's mouth. Uh, I assume that that That's was Storm. Storm. They, you don't know who it is, but I, we have to, uh, it I has ass- to be Storm. I guess, I, protect Wakanda, right. because otherwise it doesn't make any sense. Correct. But, um, I th- and this is something about continuity, I thought, 
I mean, I know that the X-Men Gold, they're not in jail anymore. They had that in the last issue. Right. Um, and out. Storm had a great a great little moment where she just said, you know what? You put me in this box. I'm going to screw you. I'm going to mess you all up and right. broke out and all that. And it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know when this is taking place. Uh, yeah, we don't know. So it's, she's, I'm like, are, is she still in jail? Is she not in jail? What's happening mm-hmm. in this issue? Mm-hmm. The, the con- when, I, when I said the thing about Marvel Comics as a whole, it's like it's the Avengers line and the X-Men line. Like they're two, two of their biggest just, you know, that should be the foundation of Marvel Comics. Yes. It just are such a mess. I don't I just don't understand what they're what they're trying to accomplish with these all these books anymore. Yeah, I I agree. I uh, it, this is just Tom Taylor is just he's crafted a a really sloppy story yeah. that that lacks any type of direction yeah or cohesiveness. Mm-hmm. It's just this feels like a scatterbrained mess. Right, like he's just writing it, <laughs> writing it as he's going along, and the the roster is weird. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's just a grab bag collection of characters. I don't really like the roster. No, all. I don't either. It's it's not a. It's just not a good roster. It's not balanced with characters that you. It's, it's like I don't mind the fact that it's mostly mostly women because the X Men have a lot of. Well, there's another tile that's mostly men, which is is it right? Is I think it. it Oh shoot! I Which mean one? the is it blue. The X Men no? Blue is the original five yeah. and Jean Grey, so that's mostly men. But there is one I thought that had most mostly men. I was just looking at maybe it was right. an advanced solicit for an X Men title that was mostly yeah. men. Whatever. Anyhow. Yeah, I mean X Men Gold's more balanced, but yeah, it is X. But um, which reminds me, Colossus. He's on X Men Gold, and he's right. in this in jail. No, I guess not. Okay. Right. Um. So I I don't have a problem with that. It's just that none of the characters are even remotely interesting. They're like, not. I don't have the bias against against Jean Grey. Like I'm not saying you're biased, but like ah. a lot of people prefer her dead. I don't have that promise. Prefer like, her dead? Is that just, a wrong thing to say? I don't. I don't <laughs> think so. I mean, you know, if you if they do something and I'm interesting a huge fan with of her, the character. yeah, I love the character. Yeah, it's like I, if they do something interesting with her, then there wouldn't be a problem. But they're not. I, I would prefer, honestly, to, if you're gonna bring her back to life, mm-hmm. she. The thing about I've been reading comics forever, and mm-hmm. and if it, it's different, yeah. you can go back and read old comics, Stephen. But it's different when you read them in real time, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, does that make any sense? You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and when I was reading X Men in real time, mm-hmm. and Jean Grey did her heel turn, right, and became Dark Phoenix, uh, she was n- always a boring character. <laughs> I mean, she just was. She was a vanilla, yeah. boring character mm-hmm. until she became Phoenix. Right. And then suddenly she became much spicier. And then she became Dark Phoenix, and she became really spicy. <laughs> okay? <laughs> you know me and my spices. she's not Latin. <laughs> I know, right? Then I'd be totally in heaven. Um, but, but, um, but, but as Jean Grey, she is boring. <laughs> And she is boring in this issue. She is yeah. so dull, white bread boring. I mean, white bread isn't like generic. She might as well not even be here. White, she's like a white meat problem. baby face. Yeah. Boring. Mm-hmm. If they're going to have her back alive, I'd rather her be Phoenix mm-hmm. and struggling with the Phoenix Force or 
just turn her heel and have her be... It, it, honestly, the X-Men need a big bad guy with Magneto. He's no longer the big bad guy. Mm-hmm. He's been a good guy forever, or at least neutral forever, flipping to good. They need a big name bad guy. And, I mean, with Apocalypse, you have Kid Apocalypse, who's a good guy. Yeah, that's so, right. So they keep taking all these big name bad guys for the X-Men franchise <laughs> and making them good guys. Yeah. Sabretooth is now on the X-Force. Mm, that's right. Uh, you know, so y- y- the X-Men need a massive bad guy. Yeah. Dark Phoenix could be mm-hmm. the big heel villain for yeah. the X-Men franchise. I would rather see her in that role. She's more interesting that way. Mm-hmm. She's more interesting. And it gives the X-Men something they need. Mm-hmm. A big time bad guy that they can go up against time and time again, who legitimately poses a threat that would require the entire team coming together to ta- right. tackle her. Yeah, that's just me. I think it's a better use of a character. But and anyhow, here I, this is where we are. Right. I. Th- I mean, I. I literally think as with a character that's as vanilla as that, with as much that has happened to that character, like mm. there's so many options they could take to make her interesting, like. Well, what is it like being someone who has died again and, and again. again and again yeah. and come back? Well, maybe she's like, you know what? Maybe I don't want to die this time. How about right. we do something to keep that? Or maybe, you know, she's got all those time-displaced children running around. Maybe, you know, there's something with them where she's trying right. to reconnect with her kids. Or maybe she feels bad that Cyclops got killed. You know, I haven't seen anything about that. Nope. And that's... She's the love of his life, or he no. was the love of hers. Nothing about that. Nothing about Xavier being killed either. No, zero. So zero. it's like what? Zero character work being done with her. Zero yeah. character work. She is, but, that, but the problem, Tom Taylor's lack of character work on Jean Grey can be applied to every other character. Nightcrawler, yeah. who I adore Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. He is a wonderful character. He is as generic and as one-dimensional and as boring as they come on this title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Trinary. As generic and as one-dimensional and boring as who they call Who is that? Nobody knows. Like, we don't know who you Nobody are. Nobody cares. Yeah. Huh. It is, Tom, hasn't, Tom Taylor hasn't made his care. Yeah. Um, X-23, as generic and as one-dimensional as they come. Mm-hmm. I got yeah. it. She, I mean, and, and Honey Badger is like, <laughs> unbo- is even, can you be even more generic and one-dimensional? I mean, if X-23 is written generically and one-dimensionally, then... <laughs> Her freaking clone is going to be even more. So. It just yeah. I honestly think it would be better if it was just an actual honey badger. Yes, I that mean, would be better. A sentient honey badger yes. that can talk like Rocket Raccoon. Yes, oh. but they have to. And um, and yeah. whenever they narrate his actions, it has yes. to be that guy from the video. Yes, yeah, that would be crazy. Awesome. What did he look at awesome. that? Look like a sleepy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but t- Taylor's. But and that, it leads us back to. Tom Taylor, his character work sucks. Yeah. Uh-huh. It sucks. Oh, yeah. There is no character work on this title whatsoever. No. Nobody has a personality. The dialogue is as generic as it comes. Mm-hmm. Nobody has anything that resembles a unique external voice at all. No. At all. So you're devoid of any good dialogue. You're devoid of any good character work. I mean, you don't have that. You add no character work and no yeah. good dialogue, plus mm-hmm. poor plotting. Yeah. And a lack of a purpose. Mm-hmm. And you have the recipe for a terrible read. Yeah. It, and, and that's what this is. It's yeah. just a terrible read. And it's reading stuff like this where, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a writer. Um, I have written stuff, but... Stephen, I, published writer. Uh, 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 published yeah. author. Oh, thank you. Mm, <laughs> mm, let me tell you about this issue. Yes. Um, and so, like, whenever you would say things like, 
unique external voice. Like I would try to carry that into like writing books or something like that. But right. that that's different because like if you're writing like a script for a movie, mm-hmm. you don't have to add like the the personality. The actor does that. The, actor the director does that. For does you. that. That's right. That's um, right. same thing with TV. But and in a book, like you're the one explaining. Yeah, like it's a big explanation yes. of how everything goes. In a comic, it's same thing. You have to 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 have something there that makes them different from each other that's because if they don't then they just sound exactly the same. That's what separates a comic book writer from a screenplay right. writer. And that's why people who write comics who are just frustrated screenplay writers often suck. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, that's the big difference. That's like sure they're structured the same but right. the, but it's in the characters that make them yeah. different. The you know? comic book writer, like a novelist, you have to give these characters unique external voices. Yes. The screenplay writer does not. They have the luxury mm-hmm. of the director and the actors. Right. That's their job. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got their own job. And unlike and unlike a novelist, you have to you don't have the benefit of a of a giant block of text no. explaining how a character feels. You have to do that in the dialogue. Yeah, you have yeah. to just <laughs> Do it with even if a character has one or two sentences, you have to sell their personality in Bingo. those sentences. Thank you. And not here. Not there. The Nuh-uh. only thing I liked about this issue, Stephen, honestly, the only mm-hmm. thing I liked was the final page. Yeah, of Storm. The mm-hmm. final page of Storm, because I'm a big fan of Storm, as yeah. everybody is well known by now. Yeah. <laughs> that's my girl. Um, uh, that's the only thing I liked, because she shows up, she looks fantastic, and she kicks some butt. Yeah. And looks badass. I'm doing um, it, yeah. You know, hey, spoiler alert, when Steve and I do the podcast for female leads that need to be, uh, uh, that Marvel needs to cultivate to mm-hmm. battle DC and their uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah. Spoiler alert, you might see Storm on that list. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyhow, it's a, it's a great ending. But other than that ending, it's a cool moment. Yeah. The issue is, is largely crap. Yeah, it's not worth it to get to that moment. And, the, and I'm not a fan of um, the art. I'm not. I, the, the character's fate, um, uh, Mahmoud Azrar, I just, I'm not a fan of his style of art. Yeah. I'm not. All, he draws, all the ladies have the same face, Steven. Yeah. They all got the same face. Oh, I know. Uh, same nose, same mouth, same eyes, same everything. The only way, uh, he, he, thankfully, he at least gives Jean Grey orange hair, mm-hmm. and red hair, sorry, and Trinary <laughs> has a mole on her cheek. Because if it wasn't for her mole on her cheek, I'd be really, you know, but yeah. everyone has the same face. Yeah, and, and Honey Badger is shorter. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, that must be Honey Badger. That's right. right. But they all got the same. Everyone has the same face, and 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 his and his panels lack detail. Stephen, you look at the panels; it's just blank. He he draws the characters, and then everything behind the characters, the background is blank. Right. Every panel is blank. There is no detail. It looks rushed and hurried. Yeah, it's, it's not even a cloud in the sky. It's no, like... no, it's just a very, <laughs> a very rushed, boring. Looking art, yeah. So, how do you grade out X Men Red number three? I mean, I the thing that, the thing that kills me is that I know Tom Taylor is capable of doing better than this. He is, uh, and so I have to be hard. It's, it's like when people ask me, like, why why are you so hard on Metallica from Load to to the recent album? I expect more. Yeah, like they're my favorite band. I expect more from them. Mm-hmm. So I'm. Um, I'm gonna give them. I'm giving it another another three. Well, I gave it a two the first one, but <laughs> right that that one had the the detriment of going on for so long. This yes. one's just this is just bad. So I'm gonna give it a three. And the art, I'm giving a f- I'm giving a four. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I agree. 
Um, X-Men Red number three. I'm going to give the writing uh, two. Uh, uh, living in a coma, Night Girls out of ten. Yeah. And the art, I'm going to go... I'm going to go three Night Girls out of ten. Yeah, I just don't... Not impressed. Ugh. All right, my friend. Uh, last one for Marvel. Domino number one. Mm-hmm. The Words by Gail Simone. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Gail <laughs> Simone on a Marvel title in a long time. Yeah, it's a big get. The only yeah. get they've gotten from DC. It really is. <laughs> You're right about that. And the art is David Baldion and the colors by Jesus Abertov. And uh, this issue, we begin with Domino looking at her new little puppy that's been given to her as a birthday gift. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me, Stephen, of my little pug. Yeah, I have. Mm-hmm. And adorable. Love him. The buggy eyes. Yep. Tongue sticking out. Can't resist it. She's like, I'm not keeping you. And then she's like, oh, dang it. You're so adorable. I'm going to keep you on a trial basis. Right. And then she's like, did you just piddle on me, you nasty little sausage? <laughs> like, that sounds like me talking to my pug. Yeah, um, that's true. And so then we cut to um, 15 hours earlier in the mm-hmm. Pacific Northwest. And we see Domino and her partner, Inez Inez Temple. Inez, by the way, is my mother's maiden name. Huh. Inez. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> it's a popular Spanish name. So I don't know about Inez Temple. Maybe she's not. But um, <laughs> she's she looks blonde and she's blue eyes. So she certainly not doesn't Spanish. sound Spanish. <laughs> yeah. Probably not Spanish. Anywho, I will tell you, Stephen, it's probably not going to surprise you. Right. I'm a big fan of Inez Temple. I like her costume. Oh, you do, do you? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Stephen's like surprising nobody, huh? Mm-hmm. Inez, Inez Temple's pretty sweet. I'm already a fan of this character. Ah, aren't, are you? She, mm. I, I got to say, after this one issue, she's my favorite character of this issue. Interesting. Surprising nobody, she's got huh? Some, uh, yeah, some, some mid qualities. <laughs> yes. And so the two of them are there <laughs> to uh, take on. Um, it's, it's some some companies hired them. They're merc- they're mercenaries. Yes, and some companies hired them. Uh, to shut down some uh, loggers, uh, um, some someone who's been kidnapping their loggers. Mm-hmm. And they arrive on the scene, they see the kidnappers, they see a guy, a logger's been kidnapped. They, uh, they hop to the scene, tell the kidnappers, give it up, and then suddenly the guy who's supposedly the hostage, he's not a hostage, he's working with these kidnappers, right. mm-hmm. and he turns into like a werewolf-like creature, I yeah, guess. Yeah, some weird... Yeah. And uh, it's a setup. Oh, no, it's a trap. Domino, during this fight scene, she she explains her mutant power. She's like a mutant luck power. She's kind of like, right. um, what's his name? Longshot? Yes. Right? Who else has mm-hmm. a mutant luck power as well? Mm-hmm. Except Longshot seems to work much better than Domino's. Yeah. As Domino explains, her power will prevent her from dying, but it doesn't mind giving her like a broken arm. Yeah. Or a concussion or whatever. It's, it's like, like it's got a sixth sense of humor. Yeah, she'll she'll affect somebody's luck, but it will also affect hers as well. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like it balances us out or something. That's right. So the ladies uh make short work of the bad guys, and at that point, uh they uh Domino puts her uh laser sighted guides on the werewolf's junk. Yes. And says, uh, hey, I got two <laughs> targets and 22 bullets. You make a decision. Yeah. And so he turns back into a human mm-hmm. and um, comments how, you know, look, I'm a mutant and I, I didn't want to, you know, do this. But, you know, you don't understand. Your powers are awesome because you guys are hot. 
you both look like models, but me, I'm a monster. And it can't hold a job, blah, blah, blah. The whole, right. th- the whole debate of like some mutants, and it's, it's some people have always talked about some mutants are like Jean Grey, yeah. smoking hot, Storm, smoking hot, mm-hmm. and others, Nightcrawler, Maggot, Maggot. Nah. Not so much, <laughs> nah. right? It's, it's, the, it's, it, it's, it's the luck of the draw. Um, so, anyhow, uh, Domino's like, you know what? All right, Hairball, tell me who hired you. And he goes, Topaz hired me. And um, then we see the third member of the mercenary team, Domino's mercenary team, is Diamondback, who I mm-hmm. love Diamondback. She was great in Mark Wade's Captain America. Mm-hmm. Really good job with Diamondback. Uh, too bad she's changed her costume because her costume is way cooler back then. This one, <laughs> eh, it's okay. The hood trench coat thing, he's a little weird. But anyhow, um, the ladies, uh, Domino decides she's going to take in um, the werewolf guy, um, and his name is Adelbert. Isn't that a great mm-hmm. name? Adelbert. Yes. Um, we see them back uh, back in San Francisco that night where Domino lives. Mm-hmm. They're going back to her swanky penthouse condo. It's her birthday. And uh, she's like, look, I don't want to fuss on my birthday. And uh, Inez and Diamondback are there. In- Inez, I approve of her um, relax, her, her civilian clothes as well as her costume, Stephen. Right. She's good fashion taste. Mm-hmm. Very good fashion taste. Yes. Um, and she goes, they open the door to the, the elevator doors open to the penthouse suite, and she goes, surprise, you're not getting your quiet night. It's a, yeah. big, it's a big birthday party. We yeah. see all the X-Men and X-Factor members and X-Force and Deadpool and everybody. And uh, they even have live music by courtesy of Dazzler, who's looking very 1980s. Yes. Like super David Bowie 1980s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's actually pretty cool. I'm okay because she's, <laughs> it's Dazzler. She can pull it off. Yes. And, um, you know, Domino's touched by all of her friends being there. And she's, you know, happy in the moment. And right. then suddenly, you know, as always, she starts getting her headaches from her bad memories, which she's prone to these bad headaches mm-hmm. from her memories as a child where she was trapped and tested on and given the face tattoo, the Domino face tattoo mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, and she goes back to her room and takes some, you know, tries to get herself together. And then... I guess she decides the best way to handle it is to uh, just get drunk. That's how you suppress the memories. Right. And so she gets drunk, and then she proceeds to talk to all the men that she slept with. Yeah. Colossus, for example. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, I heard you get married to Peter. It must be nice to have a fiancé with a normal face. Mm-hmm. And Peter's like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then uh, Diamondback says, come on out to the balcony with me. The two, uh, Diamondback and... Um, and Domino go to the balcony. They watch the big, massive, like, we're talking Walt Disney World-level fireworks by Dazzler. Right. <laughs> pretty pretty cool. I will say I love the line where they said, we're going to have Jubilee do it now that she's not a vampire yes! or whatever. <laughs> right, right. It was perfect. And um, then Dimebag's like, you know what? It's time for your present. And then we see the little puppy. Yes. From the beginning of the issue. And um, she's happy. She's petting the dog. And then everyone leaves the party. Deadpool's the last to leave, mm-hmm. and um, Deadpool gives her a little information on Topaz. He said he found out a little bit about Topaz, mm-hmm. and um, that uh, that basically she's uh, someone you don't want to mess with. Right. She'll F you up. Mm-hmm. And so we cut to Domino, relaxing in her bed, got a little puppy laying next to her, and she's like, damn cute dog is cute. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly we see an old man and a tall red-haired woman walk into the room. Random. Randomly, yes. He's got a present. She's like, who, who are you people? You 
leftovers from the party. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you doing here? And the old man's like, I got a present for you. Inside are some dominoes. And then the old man goes, Topaz, if you don't mind. Uh-oh, the big red-haired woman is Topaz. She mm-hmm. proceeds to kick butt on Domino. Just whoop her butt. And um, meanwhile, oh, the party's still going on, isn't it? I didn't realize. I thought the party was done. Didn't you get the impression the party was done? Um, I guess. I, I actually I got, didn't. <laughs> you didn't? You didn't? I just figured me? she was just kind of wandering off. and Okay. Everybody was still there, yeah. All right. Well, it just kind of seemed like... Did it? I just kind of seem okay. Well, whatever. That, that, yeah, good point. There's okay. that arm on the side. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. So the party's still going. Meanwhile, while the party's going on, she's getting her butt kicked in her bedroom by Topaz. Right. And Topaz throws her out the window. Yes. And Domino's plumbing into the ground, going, "Oh my God, I'm going to die. I'm really going to die." She's making and, like the comedian and falling out of a window. Yes. <laughs> yes. End of the issue. Domino number one. What'd you think, Stephen? Um. I'm not super familiar with Domino's character, so I'm not certain of the accuracy of the um, the more lighthearted mm-hmm. Deadpool-esque approach. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I had fun reading it. Yes. I thought it was um, a good introduction to the character um, and her powers. I mean, they kind of explain it mm-hmm. maybe a little too much, but I think they have it yeah. there. Um, I like they establish her and her connection to the X-Men. Yes. There are various characters in yes. there. And it is funny at Absolutely. points. Um, I especially loved uh, um, Deadpool's line about how they were going to get um, a cover band of... Go! Of, who was it? Air Supply. Air Supply, but the only thing they could get was the actual Air Supply. And he <laughs> said, so screw that noise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. So, um... So yeah, I had a, I had some some good good points here. Um, I think there's a, I mean I always I think the probability kind of powers are always very interesting. Yep, agreed. So um, I do want to come back. I, I really like the art. Oh, David Baldion. Oh, my man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that dude can draw some ladies, Stephen. Yeah, he can draw yes, the can. ladies. All the ladies look fantastic in this issue. Mm-hmm. Domino looking yeah. good. Inez looking good. Oh my goodness, he knows this is, this is my kind of artist, Stephen. Yeah, <laughs> I want I want guys like Baldion on every comic. Oh, right. he is. I, I love the art. Huge, huge thumbs up for me. <laughs> and I think the best thing about the art and the humor is that even though there's not a lot of action, it it carries it through and keeps it. Uh, oh yeah, easy to read and keep it at a good clip. So. Absolutely, absolutely agree. Hey, look, Stephen, I. I I've never been a, a massive Domino fan. I mean, right. I read. I, I, I'm familiar with the character. I've read her in X Force, mm-hmm. and she's and she, you know, she's kind of like a female Deadpool, right. more or less, because like all Lifefield characters from the '90s, they're all pretty much the same thing. Right. That's why Cable, <laughs> you know, try to tell the difference between Cable, Domino, Deadpool, yeah. Shatterstar. I mean, they're all like the same character yeah. essentially. Okay, but but um, so. I think is I think Gail Simone actually does a good job giving us a Domino that is that is that is pretty true to the character. Right. Um, it's uh, yeah, Domino. You know, of course, she's in in the movies though. Mm-hmm. Um, the comic version is so radically different from the movie version. The, the movie version, yeah. of course, is um, they've changed her ethnicity for the movie mm-hmm. and uh, changed her look. Right. And Domino, it's kind of weird because Domino, uh, I guess. Of all the characters to give a, a racial makeover to, I'm not too sure why it would be Domino because she's a mutant and she's not white. Right. I mean, she is white, but she's not white. <laughs> she's like not yeah. not white white. <laughs> she's eh. 
She's like, you know, the color of your wall white. Right. You know what I mean? She's like, I'm now, <laughs> I don't know. She's weird. I mean, it's, but it looks, but it, but the thing is, the domino. She's she's supposed to be that color. She's supposed to be ivory white, like mm-hmm. a domino. Yeah, because it, it's a nice contrast with her black hair and the black right uh, tattoo on her face. That's what mm-hmm. makes her domino. So, I think changing her ethnicity kind of didn't make any sense with the gimmick of the character. But whatever, yeah. it doesn't affect the title. Yeah, because as we know, there's no connection between. Comic books and movies and movies yes. zero connection. So yeah, I don't. They're not. They're not making that change here. No, and I, and I don't really care if um I I don't I don't think it's Marvel's job to sync their comic up to the Fox's movie either. Right. I don't think that's their job. And Marvel it, should make their comic consistent with their character and the gimmick of the character. So right. I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, some people might complain that it's not matched up with a movie. I think that's weird. You don't need to match the comics with the movie. No. I mean, I didn't hear anybody complaining that the movie's not matched up with the comics, so why would anybody complain otherwise? Right. <laughs> um, so Domino's a cool character, and mm-hmm. Gail Simone is a, is a writer who, um, you know, I'll be honest with you, Stephen, I'm not a big fan of, mm-hmm. and I generally find her to be overrated. But, mm-hmm. uh, but um, I liked her on this title. Yeah, I really like Gail's uh, Simone's work on this title, mm-hmm. and she does a great job. This is a really well plotted issue. Yeah, it moves forward with a real purpose mm-hmm. in mind. Um, it, it is it is it is well paced. It has got a yeah. nice blend of action and dialogue heavy scenes. You get mm-hmm. just enough action in the beginning to kick off the story, right? Before you settle into long dialogue heavy middle part. Mm-hmm. And then end it with a furious action scene at the end. So you bookend the the middle part, which is mostly dialogue heavy, with two cool action scenes. Yeah, that's really good pacing and really good plotting mm-hmm. on behalf of Gail. Really good job structuring this issue. Yeah. I thought. I think that um, she has she tells you what the mission statement of the title is. Mm-hmm. What you're going to get. This is going to be an action adventure title based on a mercenary team of women. Right. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm digging that. She gives you a great... She, she makes this very new reader friendly. Yes. You get a clear sense of Domino, of her origin, of who she is, mm-hmm. how her powers work. Yep. Really, really good job for new readers. Mm-hmm. And you get properly introduced to her teammates, Inez and uh, Diamondback. Mm-hmm. Really well done as well. I mean, I, I just, from a technical standpoint... Gail Simone does everything a number one issue of New Tiles is supposed to do. Yes. She does a really good job of it, mm-hmm. I think. And ends it with a really good hook ending. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, and she's got your A plot line and your B plot line mm-hmm. installed pretty quickly. Your A plot line is going to be Topaz, your big bad for this opening story arc. Mm-hmm. Your B plot line is going to be Domino trying to find her place in the world. Right. With her past mm-hmm. and struggling with her own inner demons. So... And then you've got a good supporting cast with Inez and um, Diamondback. I mean, right. This is, from a technical standpoint, really well crafted issue. And it also has the the fact that the story opens, um, you know, with her and the puppy. But then it says fifteen hours earlier. So that means that you know somehow she survives the right the last panel, which means oh, I wonder how she does that. Right. Which is kind of. Because I was like, wait, is that a mistake? Oh, wait, no, it's right. It's one of those things where you, it's like, well, you have to figure out how she comes back. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think uh, also, I think the character work is fantastic. We just mm-hmm. got on Tom Taylor, 
yeah. uh, for the, the uh, X-Men Red mm-hmm. issue. This is a nice contrast because here, Gail Simone kills it with the character work, Steven. Yeah. She gives, she, all the characters are, are, are really, they're three-dimensional characters. All of them are. They all have their own personality. They're all well-developed. Mm-hmm. And they all have their own unique external voice. Yes. All of them. This is what we're talking <laughs> about here. She does a great job at that, I think. Mm-hmm. Really good job. She creates good chemistry between the characters just in the first issue. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, really fast, even. Um, the, the chemistry between the characters is, is fantastic. And she has just enough humor. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go overboard where it turns into like a blah ha uh, you know, yeah. Keith Giffen, Justice League type right. of humor where it's just too much, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, it's just enough humor that it keeps the story light and balances out the more heavier themes with Domino's past and the demons she's battling. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and there's just so many good lines. I mean, there's one line where she's in the, in the opening action scene where she's trying to avoid the semi, the tractor trailer chasing her when she's trying to uh, attack the kidnappers. Right. And she like has to duck, duck into the ground. And it's like muddy. Mm-hmm. And she's like, son of a bitch. Mud right down the cleavage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just—it's just a great line. Yeah. It's, but the issue's full of little lines like that that are just—you just make <laughs> you chuckle. They're just really good lines, right? And the—and it's also funny because it, it pokes fun at the um, at the state of the X Men, like the the Jubilee line. Oh, she's not a vampire yes. now, or whatever. It's yes, just, you know. And there's one scene where, like, where they're fighting the, the kidnappers, where uh, Inez grabs her, gra- Domino's on the ground, and she, Inez grabs the straps of her costume, and, 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 and Domino's like, y- you know I have, like, normal human bones, right? And the reader's going, what is she talking about? Normal right. human bones? And then you see Inez yell, fastball special, and chucks <laughs> Domino at the bad guys. And she goes, damn it, Inez, do I even look Canadian? Canadian. <laughs> and then you see her thinking, I hate the fastball special. I always get costume right up. Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> it's just, it's little moments like that. It's just some really good stuff. It's really good stuff, isn't it? I mean, yeah. just good humor. It just, I, I appreciate, I appreciate that it's not, not everything has to be serious, you know? Right, and it's, right. And it's well-placed humor. It works to the characters. Mm-hmm. It's not out of yeah. place or forced. Yeah, and it's not, it doesn't go too far. No, like not at all. Not at all. But so, I just, I don't know. I just really, I really enjoyed this issue. Yeah. I, I think Gail Simone knocked it out of the park for a debut issue. Mm-hmm. I really do. And, and I'm someone who's not always easily impressed by Gail. Right. And I think she just knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. I really like this issue. And the art, I mean, like you said, the art yeah, is so just good. flat out gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And he does, a, and, and the artist does a fantastic job with the facial um, <laughs> characteristics of all the characters. Like the yeah. expressions are wonderful. <laughs> I mean, he really brings the story to life in great fashion, and um, you know, it's it's uh, it's Domino. You need to it was Dom. You, 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 your characters are Domino, Inez, and uh, uh, Diamondback. Right. There, there, there should be some sex factor to it, and he brings it. Mm-hmm. He brings a little bit of the spiciness, as I oh, like yeah. to say. Um, what do you? How do you grade out Domino one? Um, and like I said, I really I really enjoyed this. It was. Um, a lot of fun. And something about the art, like when you look in the the big um, group shot, we're like, oh, surprise. You're like, oh, I can make out characters. That's nice. You can, in the background. Yeah. All the characters you can make them out, <laughs> which is wonderful. Right. And um, I guess I'm a, I am should be a, a good judge for this because I had no clue. I mean, I knew what Domino's powers were. Correct. And I'd seen her in like like 
event titles before where she was just like, oh, where's Domino over here? I mean, you know so, tangentially who she is. Right, but I didn't really know much about her as a character. So so as a new reader, mm-hmm. I, f- I felt like I got a, a good handle on who she is. Um, okay. They... I mean, because I'd been concerned about, like, the humor. I was like, oh, okay, so this is just another Deadpool. But I think they differentiate her enough. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not as absurd as Deadpool is. No, not even close. Definitely not. And I think it... And it, it kind of makes sense, because, like, they're all like that. They're all, it's, she seems like someone who's been doing it this long enough that she can kind of make fun of mm-hmm. her job and all mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So I really like that. I like the explanation of her, of her powers. Because, like you said, you know, there's, like, the Scarlet Witch was a probability hex manipulator for a while too right. so there's there's no shortage of those in the marvel universe no, no, but no, no, no. we don't have one that's oh it'll it'll fire back on me so and um so that's pretty cool it's an interesting little take on a character like that and the fact that she's not you know another super strong and vulnerable character she's pretty much just like other human beings right. except for that her look and her power right so. That makes her more interesting to read about because she can get beaten up and exactly. tossed out a window or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's I think it's going to be make her character that people can relate to a lot more too. Yes, which I think is important. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't oh, know. I, Steven, did, I didn't give I didn't give my grade. I don't, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, again, it's a little spoiler when we talk about characters, female yeah. characters that Marvel can uh, get behind mm-hmm. that might actually be successful that aren't named Carol Danvers, who's a big failure like Roman Reigns. <laughs> um, maybe you'll see Domino on my list. Just saying. Mm, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What are your grades? Um, my grades. I'm going to give the story an eight and the art a nine. Nice. My nine art is yeah. very good. Yes, agreed. Uh, Stephen, I'm going to go a tad bit more than you. Um, I'm going to go straight nines. Oh. I'm going to give the story nine voluptuous night girls out of ten, and the artwork gets nine smoking hot bikini wearing. Night Girls out of 10. <laughs> yes, my friend. I really like this issue. I really recommend people get it. This is a new issue um, and a female lead issue. Yep, that's right. Put your money where your mouth is, Internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is Buy a title it. that deserves support, who yes. deserves good sales numbers. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for this title not to sell well. Right. No reason at all. This, 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 this title, I think, is in Gale, again, mm-hmm. it, it, it should be noted. When we were talking about what Marvel and DC need to do to increase sales numbers in our uh, couple podcasts ago. Mm-hmm. Is there an agenda to this issue? No. No. Is she virtue signaling? No. No. The emphasis of this issue, it is an action and adventure story mm-hmm. that happens to star a female lead. Right. That happens to, who happens to have two female sidekicks. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. But what is the story? It's an action and adventure story. That's what it is. Right. Interesting. Yeah, it is. And it appeals <laughs> to anyone. Yes. And that's the magic of not virtue signaling and not having an agenda. Mm-hmm. That's how you get successful female lead titles. That's how you branch out. They have to appeal to your core demographic mm-hmm. and others. Yes. And this does. Oh, I, yeah. give this, I could give this issue to anyone. Yeah, and I, and I think they would like it. Mm-hmm. Even your core demographic of men between uh, males, thirteen to, to mm-hmm. thirty, that core yeah. demographic, they'd love it. 
give it to the uh, core, uh, the second core demographic of men between 40 and 50 they would love it mm-hmm. and then everyone else would love it too this is it this is a this is a comic that i think appeals to a very wide range of readers this is a comic that deserves a sp- support and mm-hmm. um i really hope we see this doing well in the sales chart i Steven. do too i so really do put your money where your mouth is buy it and tell your friends to buy it amen That's... to that brother mm mm-hmm. mhm all right, let's go over to DC, shall we? Let's do it. Yes, let's start this with Flash number 44. All right. Yes, I love this title. I've been loving this title. <laughs> I've been loving The Perfect Storm. This is the finale, brought to us the awards by Joshua Williamson, the art by Carmen D. Giamenico. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh, almost stumbled on that name, didn't I? <laughs> and the colors by Yvonne Placencia. This, my friend, is the dramatic conclusion, Barry... Mano Imano against Gorilla Grodd. Mm-hmm. And what's cool is while he's battling Gorilla Grodd, the rest of the speedsters are zipping around rescuing people from Central City. Yes. Because everyone's frozen in Central City mm-hmm. and the city is collapsing underneath the weight of the storm, the negative speed force storm. And uh, what's neat is during this battle, Grodd thinks he is pounding Barry into a bloody pulp. Mm-hmm. But in reality, he's not. Barry. Yeah. Tricks him. Barry goes, you know what? You and I have a mental connection, so you've been planning thoughts in my head. Mm-hmm. So I figured if there's a connection, it might be two ways. So yeah. I planted thoughts <laughs> in your head that you were beating me so I could sneak up from behind you. Right. And he hits him like a like a machine gun. I like it with the super speed punches. It's yeah. like... <laughs> <laughs> cool, because when he jumps at him first, you can see the lightning powering up in his, in his right fist. Yep. And the sound effect of it powering up. And then as he unleashes, you get the... <laughs> and then Grodd drops. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. And then Barry's like, being, and this is what shows Barry true characteristics. He's got Grodd beaten. Grodd, who's tried to kill him, tried to kill everyone in Central City. And what does Barry do? Holds his hand out saying, look, just let go of Central City mm-hmm. before it's destroyed, and I will help you get real help. Right. That's Barry. That's mm-hmm. why Barry is the true hero that he is. Mm-hmm. And Grodd, of course, is like, I'd rather die than get help from you. Right. And then, out of nowhere, come the soldiers from Gorilla City, and they said, we're here to arrest Grodd for his crimes against the world, and we couldn't get in here until the lightning rod tower fell, so he's going to pay for his crimes, but not by human hands, by ours. Mm -hmm. Dun, dun, dun. And you won't ever have to worry about Grodd again. And they take off with him. And we do get a little box from the editor that says, go read damage number five to see where Grodd turns up next. Oh, and, promotion. And, and uh, uh, Barry Allen then uh, channels his inner Charlton Heston and says, damn apes. Damn apes. <laughs> okay, I like that. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, anyhow, our, our speedsters then all unite. Uh, Wally West, New 52 Wally, um, Avery, Godspeed, Negative, uh, negative Flash, Nina, and mm-hmm. Barry, and they're like, look, we got to stop this storm somehow, and um, Barry's like, look, the only way to stop it is to, to steal the speed from it and lock it in place, didn't steal the speed, and, and, and Negative Flash is like, if we do that, it'll, it, it, unlike the Speed Force, which gave everyone powers in Central City, the Negative Speed Force will take away your powers, so Barry, mm-hmm. you'll lose your powers, and Barry's like, we built this up now. We built up how important his powers were, right? Mm-hmm. We made the brash decision to get his powers back and put his right. friends at risk. Mm-hmm. Well, now we have the evolution of the hero. This is really good story writing here. Mm-hmm. We have the evolution of the hero where Barry then goes, you know what? Me saving the city is more important than my powers. Mm-hmm. You guys are more important than my powers. I'm going to do it on my own. I don't need my powers. They don't make me who I am. Right. And I'm going to do it 
And if I and if I lose my powers, fine. Mm-hmm. And he takes off. Yep. And good, good character evolution over the story arc. That mm-hmm. is good writing. I like yes. to see that. <laughs> um, and uh, Barry tells Wally, tell Iris uh, that I loved her. Mm-hmm. And he takes off. And then we see Wally next yeah. to him. Mm-hmm. And Wally's like, no, no, no. You don't get to do this. The world needs Barry Allen. I need Barry Allen. You don't get to do this again. We need right. you to be the fastest man alive. Because Wally lived through him dying mm-hmm. in the original Christ of Infinitus. Right. And um, Wally's like, you're not doing this alone. And then all of a sudden, shoom, there's New 52 Wally. Shoom, there's Avery. And then whoop, whoop, there's Godspeed. There's Negative mm-hmm. Flash. And they're all running together. And they're all like, look, we're all, we're all together. Um, we're going to help you out. And um, Godspeed at this point goes, want to take bets of who's fastest? <laughs> and Barry's like, you know what? Green Lantern and Green Arrow used to make that bet all the time. Uh, who is faster, me or Wally? He goes, but I never told him the truth. The truth is, we're fastest when we're together. And it's a cheesy moment, but Steven, it got me a little, it got me, so like, it's like that hero where you make you go, yeah! yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know, it's, it's like, the, <laughs> it's, it's the good comic book cheesy moment because yeah. you see this double page splash shot, Barry and Wally in the middle, and then flanked on the sides, New 52 Wally and Avery, Godspeed and Negative Flash, Mm-hmm. And it's the only dialogue is when we run together coming out of Barry's mouth and they're right. all together. And this is, <laughs> is it cheesy? Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But, but is it, is it awesome, Steven? Yes. I mean, did you, did this moment not make you just, yeah, no, I mean, it, right? uh, it's cheesy. I, I mean, it kind of gets, it, there's even more cheese at the end, but you yes. know, it, it doesn't matter. It's, no. it's, it's a good, it's like you said, it's a good kind of cheese. It's yeah. Good, it's good. the, the, the yeah, it's, comic book kind of cheese. It's what man. makes us like superhero comics, you know yes. what I mean? And this is what I love to see. DC's not afraid after the New 52 fiasco. Yeah. They're not afraid to embrace their... Embrace the cheese. Yes! It's okay. <laughs> Anyhow, so our combined Flash family managed to... <laughs> our powers combined. <laughs> they take down the, the, the reverse, the, the negative speed force storm. And they save Central City and Keystone City. Yay! We win! And everyone's cheering, you know? And it, at, at the end of it, it's all done. And, and Wally goes, it worked! Go Team Flash! <laughs> and Barry's like, and you call me a dork. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and everyone's like, and we're, we still have our powers. And then they realize, oh, where's Godspeed? Mm-hmm. And then Barry races off. And New 52, Wally is like, Flash, where are you going? And Wally's like, hold on, Kid Flash. You know exactly where he's going. Mm-hmm. And um, what we should say is throughout this entire issue, mm-hmm. the spine for this entire issue is right. a letter, is narration from Barry mm-hmm. Allen in the form of a letter right. written to Iris mm-hmm. West. Okay, And it's being, this letter from Barry to Iris is being read to us throughout, the, throughout this issue. Right. And at this moment... Um, we get to the point of the letter where, where uh, Barry says, um, no matter what happens mm-hmm. as, as the Flash, no matter what he has to go through, all she needs to know is that if he's ever lost and looking for home, he only needs to find her. Mm-hmm. And this is the um, common sci-fi theme that Kurt Vonnegut yeah. um, used in uh, drawing a blank on the... Slaughterhouse-Five? Slaughterhouse-Five, thank you right. very much. The, the theory of the constant. Mm-hmm. That in time travel and Barry Allen's super speed is is akin to time travel because it allows him to slip through the time streams, slip right. through dimensions. Mm-hmm. Um, that in time travel, uh, everyone needs a constant, 
mm-hmm. to tether them so they can come back. And right. that constant is usually at least in that book. It was a it was a woman. It was mm-hmm. the main character's his love. Mm-hmm. And for Barry, it's it's Iris. Yeah, and it's something that's been played with Ooh, before. Absolutely, because I think they said like almost all the flashes have one. Yes, they all Jake have a constant. Eric had one, and yeah, Linda, Linda is, is is Wally's, Wally's yeah. constant. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so, mm-hmm. so Dan Didio's New Fifty Two Wally's constant. Uh. <laughs> yeah, his his constant is uh, social relevancy. Oh, nice. Um, I'm not. It's, that was mean. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> you are. A, you are. A, wow. I am terrible. Steven is just spitting Please fire. Please forgive me. Um, spicy takes. <laughs> spicy takes. Spicy. So, ow, my tongue. Spicy. <laughs> and we see Barry rushing to Iris, and they embrace. And um, and the letter ends. My name was my name was Barry Allen, and I loved Iris West. And then we cut mm-hmm. to the future, to the time of the Legion of Superheroes. Mm-hmm. Why haven't we gotten them back already, Jeff Johns? Why? He's um, probably saying, "Okay, I can't do this again because the last time I did, I screwed it up. Oh, so we need to it. find somebody who can write it." <laughs> right. Um, and we see, um, and we see uh, the well-known villain Hunter Zolomon. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's looking at the statue of Barry and and Iris holding each other in the Flash Museum. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Ah, oh, how would a touching letter? I'm glad that they kept it." And it's in the inscription on the statue. Right. And um, and at this point, it's, uh, uh, Barry uh, Hunter Zolomon says, "You know what, Barry? You were never my Flash," which is true. Right. Eobard Thawne is is uh, Barry's reverse Nemesis, Flash, yeah. and Hunter Zolomon was Wally Wild, West. Uh, was Wally mm-hmm. West. Um, and Hunter Zolomon goes, "You know, here in the 20th century, I've studied the history of the Flash. All of them. I know your profile better than anyone, even Eobard. And I see all the cracks in your legacy, and and how to turn those cracks into the end of the Flash." Family. Yes, so even though our heroes have won, the big bad villain is still out there. It's like, I'll get you next time. It's like Cobra Commander at the end of a (laughs) Jedi episode. I'll get you next time. And he parachutes away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Which is a cool ending. Yeah. Uh, Steven, what'd you think of this conclusion to Flashform? Um... Like you said in the middle of it, it was a, um, it's a good story writing because we find we got the ending to we got the the full circle, Barry Allen going. You know what? I don't care if it's if I have to lose my powers. That doesn't make me who I am. Yes. I've got, you know, I got my family. I've got Iris. I got all that. So that was really nice that they went back to that. Um, I'm glad that, um, you know, I was kind of thinking that this was going to be like, oh, this was going to be what sparked the the big flash war was the right. fallout of this. I'm I'm glad that it wasn't. I'm Me too. glad that they came came back together and that, you know, it se- everything seems to be forgiven at the moment. Um I don't know what cuz it means that well what's going to happen? What's going to cause the flash war? It's more of a surprise. Mm-hmm. It's not a mm-hmm. well, you know, it's been building up for the year or whatnot. Um, and that can be good sometimes, but sometimes it's better just to be surprised. So I agree. I'll be very interested to see what happens. It's got the, the, <laughs> I love the little plug for damage. Please buy this title. <laughs> I know. Seriously. I know. I but know. it was nice to have Barry triumph over Gorilla Grodd and the way that he did what I thought was really cool yes, as well. Very cool. Um, I wonder if that mental link is still there. Oh, if that'll come back. Very possible. 
But um, the, the what really got me was, first of all, it's very beautiful, beautifully illustrated. Oh, yeah. Uh, the flashes going up oh. and because you see like the little lightning crackles and it's all different colors yeah. for each one. Yeah. And them, you know, the the we're fastest when we run together. It's, yes. Um, that was really awesome. And the fact that it came out, well, we don't know where Godspeed is, which mm-hmm. is interesting. But, you know, they mostly came out of it. But what really got me is is right at the end is when Barry rushes up to Iris and gives her that big old, big old yes. kiss, just yes. as in the letter. He's like, oh, yes. you're my everything and all that. And I'm like, I mean, I'm not, I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah, uh-huh. that's right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm doing the same thing, nodding my head away. I agree. I know. I thought, I thought this was just, I mean, just a, a wonderfully written issue, mm-hmm. Stephen. I, I, from, in every respect, honestly. Um, right. I think it was beautifully plotted and paced. Mm-hmm. It's crammed full of action. Yes. The pacing is, it's high intensity. Yes. This is a quick paced is- issue. Mm-hmm. Not hurried, not no. rushed, but it's a quick paced issue. Mm-hmm. It's an intense issue. The plotting is perfect. Yes. The character arcs for all the characters, spot on. Mm-hmm. Perfect. In particular, Barry, and he's the star of the issue, so he should get the, the, the of line course, share yeah. of, of the character work. Um, his character arc over the story arc has been wonderful, mm-hmm. and Williamson, what he's been building up with Barry's powers, how he views his powers, how he defines himself by his powers, it came full circle. He, he managed to use that to grow Barry's character, yes. to evolve him, and to... to pay it off of this issue with Barry realizing who he is, that he's more than his powers. Mm-hmm. And uh, really being the true hero that, he, when you think of a classic hero, one of the most quote-unquote heroic characters in DCU, it's Barry Allen, yeah. number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and this issue proves it. Yes, absolutely. And I thought that was fantastic work. The character work has just been great on this title. Yeah. In particular with Barry, but also with a lot of the supporting cast have been solid characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- I thought um, that having Godspeed disappear is interesting because during the uh, when they were trying to beat the storm, they're mm-hmm. all running together. Godspeed tells Barry, "Hey, if we don't make it out of this, I need to tell you something. You were right about me." Right. And then that's and then he disappears. So mm-hmm. very curious because we know those two characters had quite the moment when Godspeed pretty much called Barry out on the carpet for right. what he did by getting his powers back and by and putting everyone else in danger. Mm-hmm. Um, and how obsessed Godspeed is. Mm-hmm. Um, with his past, yeah, and his his vengeance and his vengeance. Yes. So very interesting there. Mm-hmm. Um, the what's interesting also for, as far as the plotting, which I love, is we resolve this issue perfectly. And I, fa- I found the re- the resolution to Barry versus Gorilla Grodd to be excellent. I mm-hmm. love how Barry took him down, and at the same time, even after taking him down, was the true hero by offering his hand and offering right. to help the villain because mm-hmm. that's that's he's a true hero. Yes, um, and. Uh, to the moment when the Flash family all runs together, mm. that was brilliant way to, to the brilliant way to defeat Grodd and still look heroic mm. by helping him, out, offering to help him out. Right. And a brilliant way to defeat the Storm by having everyone work together. Brilliant payoff to both resolutions. Yeah. And then we have like a truly talented writer knows when you wrap up a story arc, when you the ending of a story arc should offer conclusion to the story to the mm. main story arc and at the same time plant the seeds for future story arcs. Right. And he does that here. We have the story arc involving Godspeed. Mm-hmm. What's he up to? He disappears after cryptically telling Barry, you were right about me. Right. What's he up to? Where's he going to? What's his plan? Mm-hmm. So you got that plot line hanging out there. And then you have the plot line involving 
Hunter Zolomon mm-hmm. in the future. Yep. Running the Flash Museum. So uh, you, you've got a lot of... Well, he's not running the Flash Museum, but he's, he's obsessively studying it. Right. Um, you've got that plot line. So you've got two interesting plot lines hanging out there. Mm-hmm. And this is a classic formula where the hero grows, goes on a journey. Barry grows on a journey um, in this story arc. It's a classic hero's tale. You go on mm-hmm. a journey, he evolves, he becomes even more heroic. The main villain of the story arc is defeated. The main threat is ended. The the value of family and friends is um, is bolstered mm-hmm. and celebrated, and the true villain from behind kind of slinks away, vowing to come back at some point later. Mm-hmm. That those are these are classic time tested yes. story elements to any <laughs> superhero comic, Stephen. Since right. the forties, I mean, but. The reason why they're time-tested and they're classic is because they still work. Yes. They still work. Mm-hmm. You don't have to reinvent the wheel, Stephen. No. And, and I think sometimes we get obsessed with trying to reinvent the wheel that we realize, you know what? The fact is some story elements work because they're just they're proper story elements to use. Right. <laughs> and I think he, he, he does it. This issue hits those story elements very well mm-hmm. and offers up the perfect conclusion to, this, to the story arc. Right. Um, I mean, and I, I just, I loved it. I just loved it. It was just great. And the art, I'm with you, the art was fantastic. Yeah. The flashes look amazing. Their powers, the lightning crackling everywhere looks mm-hmm. incredible. Um, <laughs> each one having their own color lightning is is visually stimulating. Yeah. It's just awesome, awesome artwork. Yes. Adds a lot of attention to the story. Oh, yeah. Um, how would you grade out Flash 44? Um, I would give it... I'm going to give it straight nines. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Nice. And I think when it comes to to writing in comics, I think cheese is the hardest thing to pull off. I agree. Because it has has to feel like it fits and also has to feel like you properly built up to it. Amen to that. um, And he did. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It really worked. Um, I'm I'm right there with you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go nine night girls out of ten for the story. Mm -hmm. Nine night girls out of ten for the artwork. Right. Fantastic. And he gets a point. He gets points alone just for the fact that I made the joke about New 52 Wally West, but um, Joshua Williamson has made me not dislike that character. He he's done a good job, mm-hmm. and he's been dealt a tough hand with that character too. Yes, especially I mean, when they decided the con- to bring Wally back. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a hell of a continuity snag bugaboo to deal with. That's <laughs> tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really hard. Yeah. Um. All right. Next up. Wonder Woman 44, baby. Oh, dun, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Dark Wonder Woman. Seed versus Wonder Woman. It's on. Mm-hmm. Um, this issue is brought to us the words, James Robinson. Mm-hmm. The art is uh, Emmanuel Lupacino, and the inks by Ray McCarthy, and the colors by Romulo Fajardo Jr. Uh, in this issue, we have, it's basically, Stephen, Wonder Woman versus Darkseid. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, Steve Trevor and his soldiers take on the Parademons. Mm-hmm. And Grail fights Jason, Wonder Woman's brother. Mm-hmm. So those are, your, those are the people who battle each other. Yes. And it's, it's, a, it's good fighting. Mm-hmm. Good fighting. And we then find out after tons of brawling yes. between the aforementioned combatants. Mm-hmm. And I had them paired off pretty much. That's how they were paired off for pretty much the entire issue. Yeah. Um, 
think at one point Wonder Woman uh, went after a Grail when the Furies uh, went after Jason. Right. But other than that, they were pretty much locked up the way I said. Mm-hmm. And we find out that there's a big portal that Dark Side activates. Mm-hmm. And we find out the portal opens up Themyscira. Themyscira, yeah. Themyscira. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> try it like it's like, almost like the mascara. The, the mascara. mascara. Hey, the mascara. The the yeah. Yes. Thank you, Stephen. That's very good. <laughs> and um, Wonder Woman immediately goes to go through the portal to warn her fellow Amazons. Right. And gets boing bounced out. She yep. can't go through the portal. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, guess who can? Grail. You know why? Right. She's never stepped foot in the Themyscira before. Mm-hmm. And she has those artifacts that Darkseid's been looking for. Uh-huh. So you add those two together, and she's able to go through. Yep. She goes through the portal. The Amazons there are like, what? 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 What's going on? <laughs> Grail blasts them with a, with, with a ray that turns them into a parademons. Mm-hmm. Amazonian parademons. Yeah. And they go flying out of the portal, heading toward Wonder Woman. That's the end of the issue, Stephen. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Wonder Woman number uh, 44? I thought it was pretty cool. Heck yeah, man. This is an awesome <laughs> issue. This is some kick-butt action. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can't get more... To me, you can't get more awesome when Wonder Woman just decks Dark Side in the face, and he's just like just steady trash-talking her like it doesn't bother him at all. Heck yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. Because he just... <laughs> and I just kind of... I mean, I don't know how people would react to this line, but... um. When Darkseid's kind of brings up the, the like, yeah, you, your father Zeus had to save you uh, with the cost of his life. You couldn't beat me with the Justice League. Right. How are you going to beat me this time? And Wonder Woman says, you know, they asked me that last time. You know what? I just will. <laughs> <laughs> Which is perfect. It's it's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is awesome. Yeah. It's it's just a fun issue. Oh, yeah. And um, I thought it was really interesting with the... Um, the resolution of the artifacts because, um, and this was established when they um, brought back the title for Rebirth that um, Wonder Woman has never actually gone back to the mascara. That when they said, You can't come back, you can't come back, and whoever right. it was that's been messing with her memories, like planted false images of her going home, it was a very right. uh, poignant moment because she's like, You know, I've never, I haven't seen my mother in sisters in years and i'm glad they're finally going to resolve that that she's going to assume uh, presumably she's going to be able to go home but first there's going to have to be some 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 ass kicking (laughs) absolutely no i mean look this this issue steven is all about the action yes but unlike avengers Mm -hmm. 688 that we reviewed earlier in this podcast this is a good way to it's a good way to highlight mm-hmm. the difference between mindless, useless action yes. and action that furthers character mm-hmm. growth and plot story, lines. Yeah. This action here gives us good character growth mm-hmm. for Wonder Woman. Yes. Dark's, uh, Dark Side harkens back to earlier fights mm-hmm. where they've never stopped him, yep. causing Wonder Woman to, to come back with an even stronger resolve of, mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm going to beat you, but I'm going to do it. But I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. That was great. Yeah. You had Jason 
getting an opportunity to show how loyal he is to his sister mm-hmm. by him going into battle by her side and fighting Grail, his mm-hmm. ex-honey that he hooked yeah. up with, <laughs> right? Yep. Um, so you had good character growth with those two characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and the action also furthered the storyline of Darkseid's ultimate goal mm-hmm. of getting to Themyscira to use it against Wonder Woman. Yes. So tons of action that grows the characters and forwards the plot line. Yes. This, so you can't have an... And this issue was literally... Stephen, it was literally fighting from the first oh, page yeah. to the very last page. Mm-hmm. It was one huge brawl. Yes. But that brawl furthered along the plot line mm-hmm. and the character work. That right. was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it showed... It highlighted... It was an opportunity to highlight Wonder Woman's grit, yes. which you don't get to see a lot because Wonder Woman, like Superman... Mm-hmm. Um, one downside with using a character that is so powerful, mm-hmm. um, which is one reason why Batman is so far more is way more popular than those mm-hmm. two. When you're always when you are almost always the stronger character, right? Um, you don't get tested as much, mm-hmm. and you don't ever you don't really have an opportunity to show grit. Grit is what gets characters over with readers, right? And Batman gets to show grit. All the time. He's the grittiest. He is. And grit <laughs> is just, it is, for, it is a character trait that mm-hmm. resonates with readers more right. than any other character trait. It just, and it always has. Mm-hmm. It always has. Just how humans are hardwired. Right. We just, that's the one character trait that we find the most valuable or the most impressive or the most compelling out of all of them. Mm-hmm. And Wonder Woman really gets a chance to show her grit. She gets to do it in this issue. Yes. Because she's battling Darkseid, who's as unbelievably powerful. Yes. So she gets to show grit in battling a foe who is way stronger than her. Mm-hmm. And she's not going to back down. Right. Regardless. Wonderful job. Yes. Wonderful job. I just, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, so that, that for me was the highlight of the issue. I just, it was a fun read. It was well paced, well plotted. It moved forward without hesitation. Yeah. Clear point in mind. I mean, Robinson's got a direction he wants to get to. He's going to it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fantastic. And it had an excellent hook ending when he opened the portal and mm-hmm. you're like, uh-oh. And yep. then they turn the Amazons into parademons and they come flying out of it. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, double uh-oh. Yep. And that's the end of the issue. <laughs> I mean, this is just a great, great... And it builds off prior storylines with Dark Side trash-talking Wonder Woman about mm-hmm. how I killed all the gods. Yep. I killed the Amazons. I killed your family. Mm-hmm. I killed everyone. Yep. And now I'm going to take out the the remainder mm-hmm. and I'm going to take everything and it builds off the older storylines really, really well. I yes. think it's a natural progression of the older storylines of dark, of dark side having killed off the ancient Greek gods. Mm-hmm. So I just loved it. Yeah. Really good. I mean, I'm, I'm really having a blast this time. It's, it's surprising me, but yeah. I'm really having a blast this time. <laughs> I really am. Um, yeah. And the art was solid. It wasn't spectacular. But it was solid. Sure. Oh, yeah. But it was solid It, it did what it needed to do. It did. It was, it's not up to the level of some of the other comics we've reviewed. Sure, today, sure. But, but it, 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 it more than enough did its job. Yes. Um, yeah, that's the... Um, well, when you said about um, what sells Batman over Wonder Woman and Superman, I thought that was... I thought you were pretty right on with that because even in Justin Robinson's time on the title, they've had the... Where she doesn't like to fight her her friends, or she holds back, mm-hmm. um, and even Rucka did that with his 
little run here with the cheetah and all that. So it's nice. It's like that moment in Justice League Unlimited where Superman has his big speech about the world of cardboard where he has right. to be careful. Right. But And, of course, Dark Side. It's like, well, you can take it. And then he just knocks him out with one punch because he puts everything he has for the first time into it. And this is Wonder Woman here. She can... Dark Side's not her friend. Dark right. Side's not a weakling. Right. So she can go out and she can just deck him in the face mm-hmm. and give it all she has. And that's that's so awesome. <laughs> it is. She has to cut loose. Exactly. And I love it when characters like that finally get that opportunity. Amen so. to that. Mm-hmm. How would you grade out Wonder Woman 44? Um, I would give I'd give the writing and I'd give the writing an eight, this on pure enjoyment factor. And the fact that it was enjoyable while also moving forward the story and the characters right. and the art. I will give a seven. It's, it's good. It's just not, you know, great. Yeah. Gotcha. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. I will go. Ooh, I will give the writing, um, seven night girls out of 10 mm-hmm. and I will give the art six night girls out of 10. Okay. Very good issue though. Very solid issue. Really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Uh, last up, my friend, New Age of Heroes. Yep. Another New Age of Heroes title. That's right. The Immortal Men, mm-hmm. number one. Yes. This issue is brought to us by a whole bunch of people. <laughs> it's a lot. The storytellers. So I'm not too sure who's doing what. Mm-hmm. Jim Lee. Right. Ryan Benjamin. James Tinian the fourth. Mm-hmm. And you've got. Scott Williams and Richard Friend doing the inks, Jeremiah Skipper and Alex Sinclair doing the colors. Mm-hmm. So, um, the, this uh, this issue is centered on a young boy. He's probably a teenager. Yeah, yes, I'm thinking fif- fourteen or fifteen, maybe fourteen, fifteen is what I was thinking too. Yeah, yeah. and his. His name is oh where'd it go? Caden. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caden Park. Yeah. And he has visions of this um, amazing high concept sci-fi school called the campus, mm-hmm. where kids are being trained. Um. For um, for. A war, a war that we don't really know about. Yeah, and we see uh, he keeps seeing the immortal man. Yes, himself, mm-hmm. and uh, and we learn that uh, that really he people think he's crazy, and he's right. seeing a, his parents have him seeing a therapist, mm-hmm. and um, nobody believes him. Um, and they also don't believe that he has powers, which his ability is that when he touches someone, mm-hmm. he sees one of their memories or something yep. like that. Exactly, mm-hmm. and so nobody believes that, and uh, we see that the villains in this story are the Hunt, mm-hmm. he's one of the bad guys, right? and the Infinite Woman, mm-hmm. and they are um, from the, uh, they're the, she, the Infinite Woman is the founder of Conquest, the first house of the immortals. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of making up backstory that is kind of murky. Right. But there are various immortal houses at play here. Like Game of Thrones houses. Right. Right. And our villains come across Joker Batman from Dark Knight's Metal. Mm Mm-hmm. And his Joker Robins. Mm Mm-hmm. And 
we also are introduced to the good guy characters, right. Ghost Fist mm-hmm. and um, Timber. Yeah. And uh, come on, who's the guy in the white moonlight moon um, like costume? Uh, it was it. some kind of some kind of kind of silly name like reload or something. I don't yeah. think it's that, but it's one of those. And uh, isn't there another one? There's a werewolf lady. And there's a there's a werewolf like creature. Yeah, like um, a wolf swain kind of character. Right. Exactly. Um. It, it anyhow, and they're they are the immortal men. That's the group mm-hmm. immortal men. Right. And apparently, um, they're the last. That the the hunt has killed all of the others. Yep. Right. So you're down to just what one, two, three, four, all of them. Right. And, uh, and we end with Cade seeing the immortal man again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's but uh, he's just a, a a hologram or a vision or of a some vision kind. yeah of some type. We don't really know. Right. And we see these monsters attack uh, Cade. Uh, sent by the infinite woman. Right, sent by the infinite woman and the immortal men. Um, those remaining four heroes arrive mm-hmm. on the scene to rescue Cade and right. battle the monsters sent by the infinite woman. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the issue. Stephen, immortal men, number one, lay it on me. Um, okay. Um It looks good. <laughs> I mean, um, it does. Uh, and I, I, I want that ghost fist. I just really, I love that design. It looks like a, yeah, it's a cool design, like a ghost version of like one of them old uh, pulp heroes, like the spirit or the shadow or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the thing about this is that I don't dislike it. I think there's some neat concepts. Mm-hmm. Like I like the main kid's powers. That's one of those ones that um, I don't know. If I was ever to write for Stranger Things, I'd have a character that has that power because it's a very interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting with the Immortal Man because classically, whenever he died, he would be reborn with a new superpower. Right. And. Um, they even have that with the hunt where he absorbs his victim's powers or something like that. Right. Um, so I think that's a, that's a cool idea. But the problem is that while instead of getting us invested in the characters, they are too busy uh, trying to force in a mythology that we don't know about. Yes. That of houses that we only know two of. There's a house of conquest and a house of action. Right. And I mean, I think to their, I think for the, the immortal men, I think they use their dialogue to separate them enough. So like I can, I can identify some sort of personality from most of them. Maybe Mm -hmm. not a, Maybe not the maybe not the timber one, but I mean she seems to be like kind of like a Thor pastiche or something, right? Like, like a that. barbarian, right? Thor character, and um, so I mean there, 
it seems like they're just trying to do too much. Instead of yes. putting the character yes. in and saying, oh, let me show you this world and all this stuff and this cool things that you can do. But, oh, there's two pages with a bad guy over there. and and right. we'll, But we'll get back to that because building this mythology is more important. It's It's the difference between reading some very poorly thought out like sci-fi fantasy nonsense where it's like, oh, we have all this stuff to show you and this. And it's like, no, you need I need character first. Right. Give me yes. the character who is the introduction yes. to this world. Um it's Ugh, and then unveil the world to me piece by piece. Right. It's like I know some people don't like Harry Potter because oh well it talks to me like I'm a child. It's like yes because it's a new world. It's a new world. That's all right. All these rules and stuff you need to be told this right. As if, you're, you've never heard of it before because exactly. you haven't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That way you're not utterly overwhelmed and confused. Right. And the Immortal Man is a character that a lot of people don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, when you say things like that, like, oh, the the Immortal Man himself, like, well, what does that mean right. to new readers? Right. Look, this is a character. He first appeared in Strange Adventures 177 back right. in 65. 1965, okay? Yeah. And, and let me tell you what. He's not been used a lot, Stephen. No. I mean, he was used before. I remember before uh, Crisis, he was um, he had the Forgotten Heroes was his team, right? And um, post Crisis, he showed up here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in the New Fifty Two uh, Resurrection Man title, right? I do remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh wait, no, I got him and Resurrection Man confused. My bad. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. With well, with the, with yeah. Immortal Man. Um, so he has his powers. There's some well, mm-hmm. assuming they haven't changed it. Right. He always had his power based on some future technology, mm-hmm. um, which uh, so he got combined with this jewel that came from. Mm-hmm. Whenever a, a temporal meteors yeah. that came through time, and oh, hit Earth. the same thing that with the Vandal Savage, right? Right, 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 exactly, right. exactly. And he possessed; he had the power to resurrect a new persona every time he got killed. Mm-hmm. But uh, each resurrection, he he had all the skills he had from his prior life. Right, he didn't always have. His memories, though. Right. So the Resurrection Man was a different person. Correct. And Correct. the Immortal Man was the same guy, but diff- with same skills. Okay. Right. And yeah, he, yeah, and yeah, he yeah. always had um, he always has super strength, mm-hmm. some type of mental hypnotic, right, abilities, mm-hmm. um, some some telekinetic abilities, um, flight, right, basic stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think. But anyhow, you're right. It's not a character a lot of people know. Right. Which causes a problem when you're trying to introduce this whole world. Yeah, and and I'm with you. I think you you, I, I mean, I think you nailed it. You introduce the character first. Mm-hmm. Who is your gateway into this new world? Yes, is incredibly complex, and then you slowly and methodically roll yes. out that world mm-hmm. and that mythology piece by piece. It's it's right. like you don't just. I mean, imagine reading The Hobbit. <laughs> without having the Hobbit as your character to guide you through this world, instead you just right. get thrown right in the middle of all this mm-hmm. mythology, or even um, even Lord of the Rings. Like yep. you don't have you don't have to have read the Hobbit to understand Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. but um, you know, like the character of Frodo is a great introduction to the world. The world, yeah, right. You need that, yes. And I will say, I thought. For a decent portion of the issue, I thought they were doing that, like with him 
he him and his dreams and going to the therapist yes. and all that. I thought if they had kept on that track and maybe like maybe tease the hunt and the the Joker Batman. Right. And like saying a few vague things that pique your interest but don't confuse you. Yes. The, oh, I wonder what that is. And then having the immortal men show up at the end right. would have been great, but they they just take too much time to you know, to stuff that, that we don't understand. And and maybe ex- they don't understand and it's in, either. Yeah. In the form of ex- exposition dump, too. Yes. It doesn't help. I mean, mm-hmm. the first... it's I'm with you. It starts off well because the first, what, one, two, three pages mm-hmm. is Kate having the vision of, of, of the campus. The campus, yeah. And then you see him back in the real world mm-hmm. and with his therapist, and that's pages, you know, one, two, three, more, four more pages right. in the real world with the therapist, with his parents. And mm-hmm. then this is where it goes off the rails. We got six pages in, and we flat we cut to the campus mm-hmm. established seventeen thirty two, domain of action, right. the fifth house of the immortals, yes. one mile beneath Philadelphia. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait campus seventeen thirty two domain yeah. of uh, domain of action, I rec- fifth house of the immortals. Yeah, wait, huh? Wait, what? And then this character saying, a mortal man told me I could live forever. And then the hunt kills him, and we find out the guy he kills is. A guy named Windstrider. Yeah. And, and the d- hunt is all about is super old and they're kind of yeah. cousins of the guy he just killed. And it, the blood is the key to extending his life. And the hunt takes in the the blood and then the an yeah. infinite woman appears and she's she's the oldest living human, the founder of Conquest, the first house of immortals. Right. And it's just and then Joker Batman shows up and mm-hmm. you're you're just what? And, what? Yes. and they start talking about the immortal man purging his system mm-hmm. and trying to access files and preparing a siege. And you're just your head yeah. is just Let's don't have no spinning at on. this point, Stephen. Yeah. Your head is spinning, right? And, and I and I, it gets worse I, from right. there mm-hmm. because then yeah, the immortal the men, immortal men, men show, show up and they, they start referencing all sorts of stuff that just it's. What? We're the house of action, right. and blah 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 blah, and it's just it's just an overload. Yeah. And then we have the immortal woman talking about setting this trap with the immortal man being just a a, a dream or a hologram or whatever. Right. And she just drones on and on about mm-hmm. just it's just gobbledygook. What yeah. she drones on about it doesn't make any sense. It's just words with no meaning. Yeah, it. I mean, it's. I mean, am I wrong? It's just words with no meaning. No, it's just you're, like, what, what's going on? You're not wrong. I hate. Um, like one of my favorite things is is rewriting things that I don't like. Like I've rewritten <laughs> Batman and versus Superman at least five times in my head. Uh. Um, and but what? Because it's just like this stuff here is not terrible like that it's just that there's too much of it right like when they had the hunt and at the campus the first thing they could have all they needed to say was the campus um um uh the campus like now or something like that or um and then um just say the house of um home of the immortals right you don't know who those are but you know the immortals right. okay okay i get that and then the hunt, all the hunt needed to, to say was that, you know, he w- maybe he was one of the apprentices. He's but he's from a different house, and 
and ex- basically explain his power. You didn't need to have two pages of no. him just sitting there looking at a skeleton. Of exposition over Right. And when you say house, like, of course, people will think Game of Thrones. Yes. So you don't need to say the House of Con, or maybe you could have said the House of Conquest. Mm-hmm. People wouldn't know what that is, but it's not like in big bold letters, like "Oh, you're supposed to know what this is already." Right. Like you should have read something coming in. Right. It's no, that doesn't work. And then right. you could have even had the immortal men, like just like a page or two, like um, uh, just like maybe a little bit of maybe a little little tiny action scene, so you get to see them in action, you get to hear them talk. Mm-hmm. And maybe you don't get to see them fully, so mm-hmm. the big reveal is, oh, this is what they look like. And when they, when somebody says something like, oh, that guy sounds like that guy, so of course that's who was talking. And it's, it's just too, it's too much space devoted to stuff that we don't know about because they haven't told us yet. Right. And it's just, it's overwhelming. Yeah, it's it overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Again, they should have just picked a character, Cade, mm-hmm. get us. To know the character. Right. So we have a frame of reference for everything, mm-hmm. get a good sense of who he is, what's yes. going on with mm-hmm. him, and then slowly intro- introduce us to this new world through him as he gets slowly introduced to them. Right. Rather than what we get, which is just way, this is, the, the writers were overly ambitious. Yes. Like crazy overly ambitious, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, there has to be a happy medium to decompress story Mm -hmm. and just throwing everything in the kitchen sink at the reader all at one time to the point where they are overwhelmed and don't know what in the hell is going on. Right. It. um, There has to be a happy medium. This this reminded me a lot of Tomorrowland, but yes. But I felt like, at least in getting the world set up, I thought they that movie did a better job because they got to see everything. It was kind of explained in a decent enough time where, you know, I mean, they didn't really have any character in that, but right. you're like, okay, well, this is the main character. You get the generic setup, but then you see the world. It's like, oh, okay, well, this is kind of cool. I mean, everything after that kind of falls apart, but you know, yeah. the, the setup to the world was nice. And then when you see it later on and it's destroyed, it's like, oh, I wonder what happened. Right. And, Yes, but here it's just, you are you are introduced yeah. to a zillion characters at yes. rapid fire succession, mm-hmm. Stephen. I mean, a zillion characters like bup, yeah. bup, 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 one after the other, yeah. and a ton of expositions dumped on you about this world you know nothing about, and mm-hmm. you're just your head swimming, and you're and and the reader's just like, I don't want to read this anymore. Yeah, I don't want to read this anymore. It's just too confusing. This is just this is a jumbled mess. Right, it is. This mm-hmm. is not well plotted. It's not well paced, even mm-hmm. at yeah, all. Not. I mean, this is terrible plotting and pacing. Yeah. It is a complete schizophrenic, jumbled mess of an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as a debut issue, what's the mission statement of this title? I don't know. Do you know? I got uh, no clue. I don't know. Compare this to the number one issue of Domino. Yes. We clearly know who the character is. Mm-hmm. We know what her motivation is. Mm-hmm. We know... What kind what, of book it's going to be. We know yeah. her power. We know what kind of book it is. We know mm-hmm. what we're going to get when we come back. What, what about this? What is this? Is this going to be an action adventure title? Is this going to be a mystery title? Is this going to be a a, a fantasy, high a fantasy sci- high title? concept sci fi fantasy? Is this yeah. going to be Lord of the Rings? Is this going to be Game of Thrones? Is it going to be um, Star Wars? I, I, it's yeah, right. it's it's you don't know what's going to be. Mm-hmm. You have no clue. I is it going to be action and adventure? Is it going to be more of a Vertigo title? I don't right. know. That beats me. <laughs> Superhero supernatural. Yeah, it's it's just it's. So, yeah. While, while 
the basics are there for something good. Yeah. It is delivered in such a mess of a fashion mm-hmm. that I, I, you don't know what's heads or tails, and you don't know why you should come back for more. Right. You didn't it, tell the reader why they should come back for more. Yes. Hey, do you like mercenaries? Come back for more. Do you like sci-fi adventure? Come mm-hmm. back for more. Do you like supernatural stories? Come back right. for more. Do you like yeah. gritty street action? Come back for more. I mean, you mm-hmm. got to tell them what it is and why they should come back for more. Right. This doesn't tell me what it is. It doesn't tell me what it is and why I should come back for more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know that, you know, when it, because I'm I'm assuming this is going to be a team title of some sort. It's oh, yeah, no doubt. With the group. And I know that sometimes when you have a team title, you like having the team together by the end of the first issue. But yep. 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 when you're in a situation like this where you're introducing the world, just focus on the main character. Right. And, you know, tease the team at the end, like, oh, look at these cool-looking people who are going to show up, or, like I said, have them kind of teased, sort of. First of all, I don't think you needed... I didn't think you needed Joker Batman dropped in the middle. That no. would have been a good ending. Yeah. Like where they look and, oh, it's him. It's like, oh, right. well, right. he didn't die at the end of right. Middle, so what's he doing here? But Agreed. I don't know. It's just... Like I don't, I don't, I don't ever want to fault somebody for ambition, but it's it's overly ambitious. It's too ambitious. Yeah, yeah. way overly ambitious. Yeah. How would you grade out the Immortal Men number one, Stephen? Um, like I said, I do like the art a lot. Um, it's yes. obviously a, a Jim Lee. Oh title. yeah, 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 no doubt. Um, so I feel more comfortable rating that one first. That's, <laughs> give the art. I mean, I really like the art a lot. I'd give it a. Uh, I'll give it. Mm, I'll give it an eight. I do like I I liked it a lot. There wasn't any yep. you know, confusion over anything. I liked uh, the faces and all that. It oh yeah. Just, I agree. It just looks really cool. But totally the agree. the writing, man, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna give it a five. Yeah. It's not terrible. It's just right. too too much. No, I agree, I agree. Uh I will go uh the writing, I'll give it four Night Girls out of ten. Mm-hmm. Just a teeny bit lower than you. And right. the art, I'll go just a little bit lower than you. Seven Night Girls out of ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Stephen, i got to admit, I've loved this age of, new age of hero uh, right. initiative by DC. I really think they have hit it out of the park. I really think they have figured out how to introduce a more diverse set of characters right. in, in a fashion that is um should lead to more success. Yeah. Um, I think they've figured it out. This is how you do it versus the New 52 or, or the all-new, all-different Marvel mm-hmm. initiative. I think yeah. this is the right way. And this is the first one, Stephen, that was a that, miss for me. Yeah. This is the first one that, because I've, I, Damage. There was, I gonna, there was always going to be one. There's always going to be, yeah but, yeah. but I mean, look, we, we liked Sideways. We liked Damage. Mm-hmm. We liked Silencer. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, because we know what those are. Like, Damage is an action title. Yep. Sideways is a classic superhero title. Mm-hmm. Um, the Silencer is like in a, kind of an assassin, mm-hmm. kill em all story. Yep. Uh, even uh, the Terrifics is... Oh, the Terrifics, yeah. The Terrifics uh, classic is... Classic Fantastic Four. Exactly. Classic <laughs> sci-fi. Yep. Uh, explore the universe, whatnot. Um, then they had the Curse of Brimstone, which, you know... It, was it the best first issue? No, but we know what it is. It's more oh, of a... agreed. It's it's kind of a kind of a horror-ish kind yes, of story, absolutely. but with a um with a different change of setting, what we don't usually see, which I appreciated a lot. But and then this one is just like I don't really know what you're trying to do here. Bingo. It's, and you perfectly encapsulated, Stephen. You were yeah. able to rattle off all the mm-hmm. new age of hero titles and succinctly describe what they are in one yeah. sentence, except for this one. Yeah. And that's the big difference, isn't it? Yep. All right, my friend. Well, this is a 
interesting collection of comics this week, wasn't it? It was a little, interesting. A little yeah. up and down. A little up and down this week. Maybe a little more down than up. Yeah, this actually might have been uh, one of the weaker weeks of comics that yeah. we've reviewed, Stephen, since Because I think it was literally half and half. It was. Three three goods and three... Yeah. I mean, usually yeah. we're we're more... more uh, we like more, more positive, the titles. Yeah. yeah, we like more the titles than we don't. Uh, this has been... A, this is an odd week, but there you go. Could we just not do Marvel next week? Oh. Unless there's something good. Like, I mean, you I can't means, think of anything, you? but what? We're reviewing the newest issue of Avengers. <laughs> Steven just got a pained look on his face. I quit. <laughs> All right, my friend. Uh, until next time, viva la revolucion.